Hello, all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And uh, friends, you are listening to Noobs and Knockouts After Dark. So be sure to, to, yeah. to tuck in, grab your favorite drink, and and just relax to the chill uh, vibes we have for you this evening. I refuse chill vibes, but... Well, um, no, no, we love chill vibes. There's, there's only chill vibes in this podcast, Austin. What are you talking about? No, nothing ever gets unchill around here. Not, not at all. None whatsoever. Yeah, you're, what was I thinking? But yes, we, yes. Are, we are setting new personal records for how late at night we are recording. Yes. So... That's the fun. the my my personal angel austin is is uh bending over backwards for my insanely hectic schedule and as always i appreciate i appreciate this man to the ends of the earth mm -hmm. and back uh yeah. and, and and you know I, i'm here for like the the late night radio vibes of this one all right we could we could do yeah. this like a some some like late night djs just recounting like a funny story they heard once sure uh, <laughs> well there is no b plus players on this podcast did you get it gets a segue oh my god. into what oh we're my talking god. about tonight what is that how did that even segue you just you just jumped we weren't talking grades the letter b nothing that was just a jump well, it would it worked it was it would have worked better if you didn't keep talking about the late night thing. Like if you had just stopped when you were complimenting me, it would have been a oh. perfectly fine. Oh, oh I see, I see. God damn, but, I, 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 you found your perfect lineup shot, and then I like moved the goalpost, and then you I, kept, I, I and then you it. kept going. I'm like, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, classic David doesn't know when to shun the fuck up. Anyway, yeah, uh, our bits are not predetermined, unfortunately. So what do you know? Just like just like wrestling, nothing is predetermined. Correct. Anyway, tonight we are coming back to the 2013, the Yes Movement of Mr. Daniel Bryan. See, yes, and we are we are coming very far into the future from where we were last time. Last yeah, time we you were... just you just dropped on me that we're four months in the future. Yes, uh, we did last time was August, whatever, uh, late August. I don't even have the top of my head. That's episode uh, 90. Damn it. It's 97. Yes, it's 97, uh, yeah. a B plus a B plus critique on capitalism. Absolutely. Check it out if good, you have not episode. watched it already, and then you can come on back here. Uh, no, but, podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Google and Apple podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, that, that, you, know, you know, um. And now we are moving ahead to December 9th, 2013. Ooh, on Raw. A holly jolly uh, episode. Uh, yes, we are very far into the future. And I, over the past five weeks, have watched every episode of Raw in between those two dates I just said. Yeah, so, uh, for uh, Austin, on top of being the angel of this show, is also certifiably insane, just, just for all of your, uh, your frame of reference. Yeah, so I have things to explain about what's been going on in the intermediary. Uh, I'm sure it's all great and fine and doesn't involve any backstage stupidity whatsoever. Yes, uh, this is the middle. This is the we tonight's episode, the December 9th, 2013 episode of Raw, is the go home show to TLC Tables, <gasps> Ladders, and Chairs, uh, a pay per view 
that is yet another that is yet again centered around a gimmick match and that nobody hates because of that of course absolutely i will say i feel like tlc is one of the at least from what i understand one of the better ones they all kind of fit in the same mold of like this would be better if it was just kind of came up in story and not just like it's december so we're doing a tlc um i suppose i suppose but i feel like i feel like it's not as egregious as like hell in a cell where like hell in a cell is very bad because hell in a cell has a lot of like history yeah hell in a cell has a lot of like history and like pomp to it that makes it feel like it's got a this really should be a like last resort moment yeah uh, whereas blood TLC, feuds be blood feuding tlc you could get a little bit away you could get a, a, a little bit away with uh you know less pomp but it's still like it still is like we're suddenly just really interested in weapon spots now this just this month where just weapon spots everywhere <laughs> weapon wait, wait in tlc tables ladders and chairs yes oh, i guess those are the weapons yes. yes see i i was i was imagining we're doing a fucking tlc match and then all the motherfuckers just pull out like kendo sticks and they're like i've been waiting I, so long to use this when i very much wish there was a tlc match that ended in a dq because somebody used something that wasn't a table ladder or a chair so wait tlc matches aren't no dq then they are but nobody ever uses weapons that aren't those three. I just think it would, would be, be funny really if you funny. did. That would be really funny. Okay. Yeah, no, I would love to see a TLC match where someone just like fucking, I don't know. They get they got the kendo sticks out. They got they, they got the ring bell. Uh, you know, what anything that's literally not a TLC, and then just at the end someone goes through a table. Uh walkity walkity walk. Fun fact, this is actually a pay-per-view that I purchased actually from TLC. Oh, oh it, the, would, it would have been, wouldn't it? Well, no, I don't usually, I didn't usually buy the pay-per-views. Oh. I did. Oh. By this point in time, I was, um, you know, I was in college. This is my freshman year of college. My first semester of college, to be, to be specific. Oh, shit. This so, would have been around the same time you would, because uh, we're in 2014. You would have been around the time you were, like, pirating uh, 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 NXT TakeOver. Well, that's the thing is I wasn't pirating anymore is because what I was doing now with pay-per-views is that um, uh, the I uh, uh, my dorm building was across the street from a Buffalo Wild Wings. And at this point in time, oh, yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings would air the WWE pay-per-views on the night they aired. So I would I would just go over to B-dubs every month for Man, to watch the pay-per-views. Bring that shit back. I'd love to go over to a B-dubs and, and I would also – I. I love the WWE Network slash Peacock uh, affordability and ease of use. Yes. But I very much do miss the community element of watching yeah. pay-per-views that I got for this very specific few months of time because the network debuts in February. So oh, there's only boo. so many more of these to get, that I get before boo. that basically kills off the, the, the B-dubs watching crowd see i have um, like a little bit of my built-in community i got a few i got a few boys that can reliably watch with every time but like over like to be in a like b-dubs full of of like fans all watching along would be so sick yeah but this time though i this pay-per-view aired right at the end of my first semester and so i was at home by mm-hmm. this point and uh we actually uh, bought this pay-per-view Ooh. 
Well, that's exciting. It was it was yeah. a family moment. Well, at least mm-hmm. between you and your dad. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what happened? We are. I'm going to start with Survivor Series 2013, the previous pay per view, as a as a way to start off point to talk about things. Uh, and let's go ahead and start with Daniel Bryan because he mm-hmm. is who we're here for. So, I made a mistake last time. He didn't have two more ma- pay-per-view matches with Randy Orton. He had three more ma- pay-per-view matches with Randy Orton. Um, I, my parents were the, in town the weekend of Battleground 2013, and so I didn't watch that pay-per-view, and I think that plays a lot into me forgetting it happened. Oh, no. It also was a shit pay-per-view. Um, Yo, what the fuck even is a battleground? It's just the name of a pay-per-view. This was it was the first Battleground 2013 was the first one they ever did. And it has exactly one good match on it, which I will bring up uh, as part of a different thing. But basically, Daniel Bryan, after SummerSlam, he gets another match with Randy Orton at Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. where he wins the match, but the referee uh, did an extremely blatant fast count on it. Uh, and so Daniel Bryan wins. The next night on Raw, Triple H comes out and is like, hey, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and, a par- and the ref accidentally lets out that like he and Daniel conspired to... Uh, to screw Randy Orton out of the title. This is all horseshit. It is strongly implied, though I don't believe directly stated, that the authority plotted that out to have an excuse to screw Daniel out of the title by implicating him in a plot to screw Randy Orton. Man, I still can't believe they were originally having the the original plan for this whole thing was to have it go absolutely the fuck nowhere and to have Daniel Bryan still lose. Yep. Holy shit. Yes, it was. Um so the title is is um is um uh is, is uh, vacated because the authority argues that well Randy Orton did still lose, so he doesn't get to just be champion again. Okay. Wrestling okay, wrestling bit. is very much of like when some when they have when they like decide to break down like okay somebody screwed it like it was a screw job so like the current champion doesn't get to be champion anymore but they also are like well but the former champion did still actually lose the match that's on record so we're not just gonna give you the belt back dude wrestling rules are just we will enforce whatever rules we're feeling like in the moment like it's, we it's, it's done purely on whim like we acknowledge that an injustice was done to you, but we will not give you the belt back. I mean, the, it's a, it's a ruthless industry, man. You, you gotta, you can't, you can't be taking chances against opponents that tend to cheat. You, you, you're just going to get fucked. Like this is, this is something that I think about all the time is like the internal logic of like, we do have like playbacks, why does why do cheater cheater McCheaterson's well never get punished? We, they they, ju- they just say that it's referee discretion. It's kind of like how baseball just chose to not have a replay for an extremely long period of time. They were just like, yeah. we want to keep the human error element of it, so no. 
Uh, except for the, except one time in one match on one pay-per-view, WWE did do a, we checked the replay and are reversing the decision. Dude, and then they never did it again. And they now, do that but shit. now it's part of the canon that you can do it. Why would they, they, they just open a cosmic can of worms that they just decided to ignore. See, this is like fucking, okay, I'm going to go on a bit of a mini rant just because something has been bothering me for so long. This is like fucking like last year, there was a, there was a match in AEW that was like Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston and it was ref by Paul Turner and Eddie Kingston won the match, but he attacked Sammy Guevara after the match. I forget, like, I think it was provoked. I, I don't fucking know. And because of this, Paul Turner like reversed the decision and restarted the match and Sammy Guevara won. Um, and like Paul Turner went on Twitter afterward to be like, yep, we're going to be tightening some things up around here. And the Fuck rules you, around no, way you're not. And then, and then these never, this has happened. Similar things have happened multiple other times under yeah. his refing. And he just never, never fucking did that ever again what there, the fuck? there are so many post-match attacks in in aew that reddit keeps the count of them and yet only this one time they're like we're reversing the decision that's yeah, the thing the that is there is historical precedence in wrestling for that kind of bullshit actually but it also doesn't make any sense there either to be honest well, and the thing that makes it worse is that he went on Twitter afterward to lampshade it and be like, yep, uh, we are tightening up the rules around here. Uh, things It's become a lawless country. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. They're going to make an angle out of this. Uh, Fuck you, no, maybe, they're not. Maybe Paul Turner will become like a heel ref that like only exclusively does this for the heels. You know, he just doesn't do it for any, I guess just fuck Eddie Kingston in particular. Um so yeah, the long proud tradition of absolutely what whatever we're just gonna enforce the rules as we feel like it. So so Orton, we're we're enforcing the rule that that Daniel Bryan won at quick count. So fuck him. But also, uh, we we just don't feel like giving you your belt back. Fuck you. You still did get pinned, so we can't just you just can't be champion. Um not how that works then at battleground they have a the, it, daniel and orton wrestle again for the for the vacated belt and it ends in a no contest the main event of a pay-per-view that cost 60 dollars ended in a no contest when the 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 big show comes out ostensibly to do the authorities bidding on this more on that later and he just he decides that he that Big Show decides he is he is fed up with doing the authorities bidding, so he knocks out both people. He knocks out Daniel, decides, you know what, fuck this, I don't like doing this anymore, and so he just knocks out Randy too, and the whole pay per view just ends on that, <laughs> on chaos. That's it. That, That's that all. That. I didn't. That's... I said Battleground sucked. I as I recall. <laughs> yeah. That's more than suck. That's that's just existential sadness. Like I, I said, think. more on the big show later. Um, oh, because God. I do have things to say about the big show. Uh, God. Now, at Hell in a Cell then, they're like, for God's sake, we gotta get this fucking title on somebody. And so... Wait! So they just didn't... 
put the title on anyone between pay-per-views? They just left it there? They just left it vacated for like a month and a half. What the fuck? So they're like, for God's sake, somebody is leaving Hell in a Cell as the champion. So we're going to fight Orton and Daniel are going to fight in Hell in a Cell. And there will be a special referee and it will be a Hell in a Cell match. It will, there will be a winner. And I, I sure hope so, but it shouldn't have taken you this long. That's such stupid booking on so many levels. Why are we leaving the title vacated for that long? Who's, who knows? Uh, they, so <laughs> they do a fan poll, uh, a WWE app poll of who is going to be the special referee. And they got, but they was, the options were Booker T, Bob Backlund and Shawn Michaels. And, if you want to know how did WWE put their foot on, put their thumb on the scales of this one, it's because Booker T came out and cut a generic promo about how he's going to call it straight down the middle. Bob Backlund cut a promo where he acted like a maniac, like he usually does. And Shawn Michaels cut a promo reminding the audience of his long, detailed history with both Randy Orton, with Randy Orton, Triple H, and Daniel Bryan. And the audience was like, oh, yeah, that uh, would be... Shawn Michaels would be the best option. Wait. But go back a little bit. Bob Backlund acting like a... Ma- isn't he, like, Have the ultimate never- goody-goody-good guy from, like, back in his day? Oh, I, I, I don't think... I didn't think I'd never talked about Bob Backlund before. I guess I guess I don't talk about New Generation era very much, do I? Uh, so, yeah, Wait, Bob... was he New Gen? I thought he was, like... I thought Bob Backlund was, like pre-golden age like pre-hogan he, bo- he was both oh he okay. was the top guy before hogan okay. but then he came back in the 90s where his character was was um kind of like moral majority shit but like in a funny crazy old man boomer way <laughs> but it, it's hard to, you, you kind of just have to watch it but you know, he but he's out there ranting about the kids who smoke the marijuana and how he is gonna bring whole he is gonna bring wholesome family values and he is just a mad he's just acting like a madman and everyone thinks he is, he's fucking hilarious. Oh, um, I'm sure I'm sure Bob Backlund has very kind and reasonable things to say about Daniel Bryan's environmental streak. Uh, I'm sure he <laughs> so so he, he he was so that just became his character now post 1983 <laughs> was crazy old man who just rants and is and is crazy like he threatened like in his promo explaining how he would do as a special ref he's like anyone tries to tries to if anyone doesn't listen to me I'm gonna put him in the cross face chicken wig what the fuck is a cross-faced chicken wing? That's his submission move. That's the goofiest-ass-sounding submission move I think I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. So he's very... but So, like, so basically, most of the votes go to Sean. Bob yeah. Backlund does get a lot of votes because 30, <laughs> about 30% of the voting was like, what if though? <laughs> because we like chaos. WWE. What if we just let Bob Backlund be a maniac everywhere all the time? Yeah. 
And then like 7% of people voted for Booker T because he was the most boring option here. No, I would have voted for Booker T. I want that shit called right down the middle, baby. Yeah. So Sean is the special referee and the story, the whole story leading up to the match is like, Sean is like triple H and especially Randy Orton thinks that Sean is just going to, you know, make sure Orton wins because that's what's best for business. And Hey, triple H is his bestest friend, right? So you're going to do what triple H wants. And Sean's like, now hold on a minute. Hold on. on. We're, we are, we are a notoriously on and off uh, best friendship. Excuse you. We, it is bold of you to assume that there is a reliable loyalty that goes into this. For all you know, I could fake, I could hate that man's fucking guts right now. And tomorrow, I could love him again. So, yeah, you, what, what are you basing this on? So they lead, they, they, they lead the story with Sean bringing up that he, he was, he trained Daniel Bryan, which is a bit of a iffy turn of phrase. That's a, like technically that's true in the sense that Daniel Bryan got his start in the industry training at Shawn Michaels' school during that period of time where Shawn Michaels was too coked out on drugs to be wrestling. Uh, So, like, he probably did train some with Shawn himself, and he did attend Shawn's school, but, like, Shawn was not, like, the primary actual trainer there. Like, that... So like it's not it's not as a person it's not as personal a relationship as the story trying to make it sound like it was. I would love to see that on like a business card. DB's got like trained by Shawn Michaels, and there's like a little asterisk in next small to print, the very bottom, and like small print, like sh- uh, apostrophe s school for uh, school for wrestlers under this other real actual trainer. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think Regal might have been. I think he's he credits Regal as doing a lot yeah, more of his actual that training. Sounds about right. Regal is very much daddy for DB. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know what? I, I think I think that's a preferable outcome. Look, Michaels is Michaels is great. Don't get me wrong, but like the option between Shawn Michaels and Daddy Regs, like mm-hmm. it's free real estate. Yeah, so Sean is so Sean brings up this history of of Daniel being in his school and also expresses sympathy for Daniel Bryan's situation. He sees how the people like and love Daniel, and he thinks it's unfair that Triple H is trying to so blatantly stop him from being champion for reasons that Sean doesn't think are legit. Yeah, see, he fucking hates Triple H's guts right now. Exactly my exactly my point. He doesn't give a fuck. So fast forward to the match at Hell in a Cell. Uh, Sean, uh, the match is going fine until Triple H decides to get in the mat, get in the cage, and in the kerfuffle of in the kerfuffle of everything, I they Randy and Daniel accidentally knock over Sean Michaels, and because of course they do a ref bump. Uh, but okay, Sean's the idea is like Sean is hurt in the corner. Triple H gets in the ring, gets in the in the cage and in the ring to check on Sean. Daniel tries to come over to check on Sean. Triple H pushes Sean away. This pisses off Daniel Bryan, and he does the knee 
to he does the the busaiko knee i think is the correct term that that um uh, up that excalibur uses now yeah the big flying uh, knee attack that, that yeah. daniel brown does yes i think it's the psycho knee yep yep yeah so he daniel does the psycho knee to triple h Sean sees that happen and Sean does sweet chin music to Daniel Bryan and allows Randy Orton to win the match. And the next night on raw, it's basically explained that like at the end of the day, Sean, Sean's loyalty to triple H being physically hurt outweighed his desire to call the match fairly. And then Sean, like an entitled boomer dickhead that he is, is like for tries to apologize to Daniel and then when Daniel Bryan is understandably re- hesitant to just accept the apology and move on, Daniel Bryan, Shawn Michaels calls Shawn a, a, a disrespectful little punk and demands that Shawn, that Daniel show him the respect that he d- has earned and shake his hand. Uh, okay. Daniel proceeds to then kick Shawn Michaels' ass. And that writes Sean out of the story. Correct answer. But also, wait. So there was ref shenanigans in this one too, but they just decide not to strip Orton of the title. Nope. They've got what they want now, so they're good. Oh, again. We pro wrestling. We enforce the rules when we feel like it. Yeah, so this was writing Daniel out of the WWE Championship story. If plants had gone as originally planned, this would have been the end of it. That he would have been... Nice feud with Sean, I assume? No, because Sean was retired and committed to staying retired. So, there would have been no further payoff. We're done! Was he just going to stay down to the mid-card and chase the IC title or some shit? Like, what? Uh, I don't know how what they were necessarily planning to do, but the net the, the next cycle of the plan was to start him in a feud with Bray Wyatt. And so at Survivor Series, uh, Daniel Bryan basically the Wyatts just started attacking him and they started attacking CM Punk, uh, who has since fi- finished beating up Paul Heyman's jabronis and moved on with his life. Um <laughs> CSCM Punk defeated the biggest thorn in his side ever, Paul Heyman. Yeah, so they so we get a tag team of Daniel Bryan and uh, CM Punk, kind of called the Goat and the Goat, was the common name they gave to themselves. To, to themselves. Wait, Goat was a like a term back then, like G O A T. The greatest of all time. Yes, Goat was a term. I didn't hear it pop up until like a few years ago. I never really saw that shit used in common parlance no, only a that's... few years ago. It's a very old term, but yes. So the goat, like Daniel, because the goat the... face got the beard. Yes, yes. It's it's and very it's very beauty and the beast. Yes. Uh so they have a match with the Wyatt family. I think it's just Harper and I think it was just Harper and Rowan. It was. And they beat the Wyatts. And after the next night on Raw, they're like, we've beat the Wyatts. 
All right. Uh, we're we're yeah, done, probably. right? And the Wyatts are like, no, Daniel, we are not done with you. Hold on. Uh, and then after, and then basically they they have another match and they kidnap Daniel. The Wyatts kidnap Daniel for a week. Just that's fun. And we're see and when CM Punk goes back to like try to then CM Punk gets jumped by the shield after after that after that happens. Ah uh, yes. And so CM Punk op- the next week CM Punk comes out and is like I don't know what the fuck happened last week, but if I had to guess it's probably because last week I made a passing remark above calling Triple H an idiot. There and suddenly the shield jumps me? Hmm. Sounds mm. suspicious. Coincidence? I think not. And then uh Triple and then uh Stephanie uh, along with the new director of operations Kane. Uh Kane oh, came yeah. back Kane came back for a week and then was like Stephanie you and Triple H abuse your power. And that's awesome. I yeah. am here to do whatever you want me to do. And he takes the mask off, and now he's walking around in the suits. As a proud libertarian, I respect that. Yeah, so Kane, Stephanie comes out and is like, CM Punk, we take your concerns very seriously. Excellent. And then Kane goes, but however... We have it. We have performed an internal investigation and determined that we have nothing to do with the shield attacking you. So that's the end of that. Goodbye. <laughs> we have looked in. We have investigated ourselves and determined we did nothing wrong. Classic. Yes. So as so as punishment, though, Daniel Bryan is now for TLC in a three-on-one match against the entire Wyatt family. And Wait, CM- punishment for what? Because he was also involved in the... Oh, what happened is they put CM Punk in a three-on-one match against the Shield first. Yes. And then Kane decides, meets, sees Daniel backstage and decides to be like, well, since your buddy CM Punk is in a three-on-one match, let's be fair and balanced, TMC and R, and put you in a three-on-one match at TLC against the Wyatts. How... That, that man was once your best friend. How could you do him dirty like that? Is you go through heel anger management together, and that's that's what he gets. That's that that's it's, just it's cold again. It's 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 top ten anime betrayals again. Uh, Glenn Jacobs is like, I see your lack of principles, and I respect them greatly. Let me join. In. <laughs> so for the Wyatts and Daniel, initially it seemed to be a matter of the Wyatts trying to destroy the people's heroes as a means of establishing themselves. Uh, Wait, so they will literally admit to the fact that DB is super over to, to make him in yeah. a season to feud with the Wyatts and then just do fucking nothing with it. Fuck you. But after Survivor Series, uh, Bray Wyatt cut a promo explaining that, um, you know, he's like, you know, I am willing to admit when I was wrong and I was wrong about you, Daniel. I thought I you were wrong. Just, You're actually super unpopular because Triple H told me to tell you that. I thought you were just some insignificant little ant trying to climb a hill that can't be climbed. But he sees no. He's he sees 
the monster inside of Daniel Bryan. And he just wants to know, Daniel, when are you going to stop trying to play their games? When are you going to acknowledge that they have you like a gorilla in a cage, man? Why, why would you instead not join with me, Daniel, and we can tear this whole machine down? Ooh. So now Bray Wyatt wants to recruit Daniel Bryan into the family. Hey, Daniel, how do you feel about hanging out in a swamp all the time? <laughs> I got a real... It's so I green. Real, I love it. I got a real nice uh, uh, compound, man. Pure solar energy. You would love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now he now Bray Wyatt's concern is can I get Daniel Bryan in my cult? <laughs> <laughs> a natural reaction. I, I love how he's uh, again, he's like, hey, you're you're trapped by your superiors. Uh the answer, of course, is join my creepy swamp cult. Is you should get you should get rid of your superiors by joining me as a superior as an imperial as, as your a superior. superior. Yeah, <laughs> I need a running counter of the amount of times like the writing almost gets at the whole point of like Daniel Bryan being super over and needing to like get a better push than he did, and then just veering off in a completely other fucking different direction. So that's two. Both related to the Wyatt family. I wonder. I wonder what 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 else we got on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So that is where we are with them right now. I will more quickly skim through the other stuff going on because you know this this was the important thing to go beat by beat on. Everything else is less so. Absolutely. So the main event of Survivor Series, if you were curious, was Randy Orton versus The Big Show for the WWE title. Uh, basically the big show has kind of been the protagonist of the authority story since we got here. You would think it would be Daniel Bryan, but in terms of having the longest arc and character beat character growth and beats, no, it's the big show, which like, you know, I love, I love me some Paul. Don't get me wrong. And I understand that if we have like someone who belongs to a faction, but they feel torn about their allegiance to the faction, we gotta make a whole ass thing TM about it. But like, got guys, it's it's 2014. Show is not no. Like, g- good on you for giving Paul White his due, but like, guys guys yeah so the the plot is the bit is basically they the authority blackmail the big show into doing what they want him to do because they use the thing of like you're secretly broke actually um so dumb we talked about this enough uh so but the big show slowly but surely every week is just a little bit more uncomfortable to actually have to do this shit uh, I, wonder real... if I wonder if they're paying him enough to get uh, progressively richer by the week too. Mm-hmm. The pay, the kind of the breaking point for him is when he is asked to knock out the Dusty Roads, which I will cycle back to the context of that in a second. Um, 
but that was okay. Really, that was his like breaking point of like, I can't do this anymore, man. <laughs> I wonder why. Jesus, I can't Christ. be this guy. I and can't. so, here, here's our next assignment for you. Fucking murder a defenseless old man. Uh, I'm gonna have to think about that one. Yeah, so he starts like defying orders and refusing to do what the authority wants, leading into the stuff that happened at Battleground. And then after the Battleground, he has he has filed a lawsuit against the WWE because for on the grounds of because Stephanie for refusing to do what they say fired him and so he came back and was like haha that is wrongful termination because you've been blackmailing me to do shit and also <laughs> committing workplace discrimination against me because part of how they've kept him in line is they've been like oh yeah big show what what kind of job opportunities are you gonna have as a seven foot tall for uh 30, 40 year old man what 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 are you gonna do for work if not this exactly I feel like there's plenty. Also, what the fuck is with the, the, the motif in Show's career about, like, him getting fired under really weird circumstances and needing to, like, weasel his way back? Why does this keep happening? I know it's at least a two nickels thing. I somehow get the feeling it's even more nickels than that, but I don't know any other examples. I don't have any other good examples off the top of my head, but wouldn't be totally surprised. But anyway, so there, so he is like, I am suing you and suing the company <laughs> and for over, over your workplace mistreatment of me over the last three months. <laughs> and Vince goes, oh no, a lawsuit. I'm allergic to those. A chew. <laughs> oh no. And so he browbeats the authority into giving him his job back and giving him a title match at Survivor Series. Uh, and he'll he'll let this go. He will not, in fact, try to bankrupt the company in a lawsuit, which is not how that works, because lawsuits not... frequently favor the person with the most money, not the person who is most legally correct. And so the WWE, a billion-dollar corporation, will definitely win eventually, if not for a war of attrition. Yes, but also this is the exact same company that had the absolute legal gibberish that was the the custody battle over Dominic Mysterio. Yes, I yes, think, I know. I don't think legal accuracy is their number one, but whatever. I appreciate you filling in the viewers. The story, yeah, whatever. The story is that he's form, the, the the story is that he's got an ironclad case, and so they're fucked if they don't do what he say he wants. So, and he's like, I want my job back and I want a title match. And they're like, fine, you can have it. And this makes big boy Randy Orton mad because Randy Orton right now is being a whiny Nepo baby bitch. I feel like he's always being a whiny Nepo baby bitch. Well, yes, but now we are explicitly calling this out as behavior as that's what he's doing. Because oh, now. Okay. The authority is losing their faith in Randy Orton's ability to do literally anything without their help. And him, and he's like, why are you trying to screw me, man, by making me fight the big show? Why do I got to defend my title in Survivor Series? This is bullshit. Bitch, nine years ago, you were like, I am the legend killer. Big, they're, they're, big Show's one of the biggest legends there is. Isn't this right up your goddamn wheelhouse? Well, now he is again a whiny baby, and he's like, "You're gonna help. You're gonna make sure I win the match, right?" And they're like, mm, 
I don't no. know. Maybe you should prove to us you can beat the big show without our help. I feel like Big Show's power levels are being treated very disproportionately here. Like, I feel like every time Big Show gets brought into something like this, they're like, he is the most dominant. No one will ever. And then he just, like, never actually really gets to, like, win anything meaningful. At least not in, like, the, the later years of his career. No, 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 no. He is, he is definitely not. He never wins anything meaningful anymore. It's definitely, you could definitely argue they tried too hard to like build him up as the unstoppable force. Anyway, it's Survivor Series. The authority does come out to help distract the big show and help Randy Orton win the match. Uh, so he retains the title. Uh, and after that, after the match, John Cena comes out to confront him. John Cena is world champ, is the world heavyweight champion. More on that in a minute. And so now the match is set at TLC. Randy Orton versus John Cena in a title unification. Oh. We are going from we are officially killing this here brand split because we are going from two world titles to one. We're going back to uh, the so the soft brand split again, and by soft brand split we mean Raw is allowed on SmackDown, but not vice versa. Fuck you. Fuck you, man. Uh, and so. They're just kind of hyping up this big deal. Randy Orton and and uh, John Cena had a contract signing on Raw. That was interesting is Randy Orton, as John Cena kind of like took Randy Orton's ass down with where he was basically like, Randy, you whiny bitch. Uh, you are out here. <laughs> you are out here demanding opportunities and things because of your legacy and because you are talented and everyone calls you the face of the company. And he's like, and he's like, how does it feel, Randy, that you had all the help in the world in this industry coming from being the son of Bob Orton? And yet you let some kid in a baseball cap and a T-shirt overtake you as the top guy here. Hmm. and john cena was like nobody ever i never asked to be the world heavyweight the face of anything i never asked for any opportunities i was just the first one in and the last one out and that is why i'm better than you randy and you know it uh i mean yeah uh fucking cena out here making actually really good points Yes, uh, uh, John Cena is about as self-made as you can get for someone of his position in yes. wrestling because, you know, it's still wrestling. It's still all predetermined. But yes. it was a situation where Dan, where John Cena on his own had to come up with the gimmick that got him over, his rapper, th his white rapper stick. Yes. Uh, and he has always been the most dedicated, loyal employee the company ever this had in that position. Man, everybody memes on Cena, and partially for good reason, but he is literally, like, the goodest boy. No, he is the, he is more the most, golden retriever will you find. He was absolutely the most company man of any top guy that has pretty much ever existed in wrestling. I think like, John Cena just is, like, the son of the WWE company entity. I think he was begotten of its, of its like, the dilution of everything it stands for. Like, it's largely kind of assumed that, like, unlike a lot of other top guys of his position, guys like Hogan, Sean, even people like Stone Cold or The Rock, that, mm. sh that you know, Sheena was not a heavy politicker. He was just a, we'll do whatever you want me to do, boss. 
and Vince was just like, I want you to beat everyone all the time. And Cena wins and, lol. And Cena I learned was like, today about you got the it, boss. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. uh so it actually does work really well. This story of like John Cena in K and out was absolutely hustled and grinded a lot harder than Randy Orton necessarily had to. And so now he's like, shut up, you bit. Shut up, you Nepo baby. I, <laughs> I couldn't coast in on my family legacy to get here. I, I don't, I don't have a family. I, I was created in a test tube by Vince McMahon himself. Yeah. So this episode of Raw that we're watching, they're doing a big hoopity law that they are going to take both world title belts and hang them up in the rafters as they will be in the TLC match they will be having on pay-per-view that week, next week. They're, so they're doing a whole ceremony of it. They're doing a whole thing. Yep. So about about John Cena, uh, you guys, last time we were here, he had a torn tricep. How is he the world champion now? Well, he's the world champion now because he beat estimations of his recovery time by at least a month and a half and came back at Hell in a Cell to beat Alberto Del Rio, for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, see, the sheer amount of times that Cena just, like, miraculously early heals from a uh, from an injury only adds to my he's actually a, a test tube baby theory. He was, he was genetically manufactured by the Fed. Very, very fair guess there. Uh, then Damian Sandow cashed in his Money in the Bank contract and looked like a complete and utter loser doing so, where... He called out John Cena the night after uh, Hell in a Cell. He attacked John Cena with his briefcase. He attacked John Cena's injured arm with a steel chair and throw, threw John Cena's injured arm into the ring post. Uh, and he proceeded to still lose the match, even though he continued to injure the arm in the match to where John Cena won the match using only one arm by the end. Cena wins lol. So get shit on Damian Sandow. Um, Damian Sandow continues to be the most useless person in the entire history of WWE. Mm-hmm. And after that, Albert he continued feuding with Alberto Del Rio, who was just like, I am going to re-injure that arm. I am going to break your arm again, sir. And Cena was like, lol, no you're not. I win again. <laughs> just He just declared it and, 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 and made it manifest. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a, a minor little tidbit that happened on the show uh, in an impromptu match, R- Mark Henry beat Ryback. Uh, Ryback has had an entire arc of time in the four months that we were, we have missed where he joined up with Paul Heyman to be Paul Heyman's newest um, ace in the hole to fight CM Punk. Uh, it was weirdly homoerotic, but also for a yes. smaller amount of times than I thought it was. Okay. Uh, well, like, that's... It, it was only like a week or two where they were really leaning in on the, uh, on in the, where like Paul Heyman gets down on one knee and proposes that Ryback be a Paul Heyman guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will admit is actually very funny. Yeah. He goes on this whole rant that is like, the like he he says he he vaguely talks about like gay rights movement at this point in time and like gay marriage and the, he li- he literally then gets down on one knee and is like Ryback will you be a Paul Heyman guy? I love I love the fact that they will actually lean into the term Paul Heyman guy. Um, mm-hmm. 
Like there's no there. That's the official term. Um, yeah, no, they, the, the network sensors after a week or two finally like caught up and they're like, Hey, wait a minute. Nah, hold on. Hold uh, your horses. This is yeah, one but, of them innuenders. But yeah, basically they, they're at hell in a cell. It is Ryback and Paul Heyman versus CM Punk in a hell in a cell. But Paul Heyman has the genius idea of just climbing to the top of the cage and just letting Ryback fight Punk in the cage. Except Punk beats Ryback, and then CM Punk is like, okay, I'm just going to go climb up the cage and beat Paul's ass. <laughs> and Paul's like, oh, shit, I can't leave. I'm trapped on the top of the cage. Man, I want to see Paul Heyman have a uh, thrown off the top of the cage spot right down into some tables, baby. Mm-hmm. So after Hell in a Cell, Paul Heyman is just like, on, I am dumping Ryback and Curtis Axel because they are both losers. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm not salty at all. And he has not appeared really on TV since. He is now, he is, he, his, his short period of time of managing not Brock Lesnar is over. <laughs> he is back to only doing Brock stuff now. He tried, he tried. Uh, he tried the whole multiple clients thing, the, the the poly client thing. What wasn't for him? He he realizes only one true Paul Heyman guy for him. Yeah, and that's rock. Also, didn't like Ryback infamously like injure CM Punk a few different times. Yeah, CM Punk hated working with him. He, yeah, he like Ryback is a stupid motherfucker who is completely was this one of those times? Uh, probably. Probably one of those times. You just assume that every time he steps in the ring with Ryback, he was getting fucking injured. Yeah. Anyway, so Ryback just comes out on the pay-per-view and just shits on the legends. And the, he has this basic heel heat shit. And then he's like, I challenge anyone in the back to come fight me. Mark Henry comes out and beats him in under five minutes. Ryback, his push is dead. Goodbye. Good. Yeah, fucking good. Mark Henry's so much better thank you now we get then we had a we also had a seven on seven survivor series elimination match the total divas that is the bella twins eva marie the funkadactyls jojo and natalia literally the cast of total divas yes the, one, the ones we think are the ones we think are hot enough to be on the reality show versus the true divas which is aj lee oxana alicia fox caitlin rosa mendez summer ray and tamina snuka aka oh, the no. entire rest of the division <laughs> we literally only have 14 women on staff fuck this you. is it <laughs> what is a what woman we we think we know what those are i think we have a few of those laying around so basically the story is that in the last several months aj lee has taken a personal beef with the total divas cast uh it is a whole lot of slut shaming pick me girl bullshit i will not dig it's it's weird like this is this is during this period of time we got the infamous aj lee pipe bomb as people call it where she basically stood out on the stage and bitched it all and called all of them dumb sluts who only got anywhere for sleeping their way to the top and none of them care about wrestling the way i care about wrestling and it's like like other girls no and like it's weird because like that was such a big moment that was such a highly everyone loved that promo on the internet she is undoubtedly a heel but like 
That promo was her saying things that a lot of internet wrestling fans fully thought and believed. Ew. And looking back on it, it's so fucking gross. And it's like, damn, I have never, I haven't, I haven't really like considered this promo in 10 years. And I'm like, God damn, I'm looking back on it. This is the worst. Is there any career highlights of AJ Lee that I do not look back on unfondly? That's that's a that's a big oof right there. Turning AJ Lee into a fucking pick me. Oh no! And people simping for it. No. Oh. The internet fans felt like they were being heard. They the the internet fans the the internet fans fucking uh the internet fans were like yeah. Fuck those sluts, and then went off to jack off to pictures of the Bella Twins. So basically, AJ Lee, um, the now commentary is trying to argue this, like that AJ is just secretly jealous that she isn't on Total Divas. I think that's an extremely stupid read, and so I will not I will not deign to acknowledge it beyond saying that commentary thought it. That is a thing you can say, like physically. Right. It's, I don't, that's terrible. No, she very clearly doesn't want to be on total divas. She just hates the concept of a reality show. Uh, they did nothing to play. They did nothing to play up her. I assume secretly yearning for total divas fame. No, no, uh, she could not have said more often how much she does not care about total divas and thinks it's stupid. And they're like, aha, but actually you secretly want the attention of being Women on Total Divas. Women be shopping. So, she manages to get the Survivor Series team together on the grounds of like, because they all are like, AJ, you have been shit-talking all of us for months. Why would we trust you or want to team with you? And AJ is like, but have you considered the fact that since Total Divas started, you have all had significantly less TV opportunities? And they're like, well, goddamn, I guess you have a point, don't you? <laughs> so, simple solution. We kill those reality star bitches. Yeah. Also, AJ now has Tamina Snuka as her bodyguard. Forgot that was a thing that she oh, added yes. in the sense. Uh, basically, in the match, the Total Divas win. Fuck you, man. Uh, and AJ you is beaten... Good. And AJ is beaten by Natalia. This is important because they are about to, because then they had another tag match later this month where guess what? Natalia beat AJ again. Jesus Christ. That, that's actually kind of a decent power up for Natalia. Did mm -hmm. they do anything with it? Probably not, but. I mean, she's going to have a title match with AJ. Oh. So... And I, I guess being so, need of, I guess being the niece of Bret Hart and nothing else can get you places in this world. Hell yeah, it can. Uh, so then we had the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, we have a new champion, Curtis Axel on Raw, lost his belt to Big E Langston. This is Big uh, E's first main roster championship. Big E, hell now, right yeah, now, brother. Now right now he is just big bodybuilding guy uh power lifter guy excuse me uh that is he is not this is pre-crisis big e before he joins the new day um 
I mean, to be fair, even when he first joins the New Day, that's still like pre-Crisis New Day. A little bit. <laughs> Back when they were still religious. Yeah. Uh, but so Big E is the new Intercontinental Champion. And he, then at Survivor Series, he beat Curtis Axel and Curtis Axel's contractually obligated rematch. So Curtis Axel and Ryback are now kind of a tag team as Paul Heyman's rejects, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> they are both way out of the picture. Big E is the new Intercontinental Champion is all I'm kind of here to say. Nice. Uh, meanwhile, the we also had a five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match with the men, The Shield, and The Real Americans versus Cody Rhodes, Goldust, the Myst- Rey Mysterio, and The Usos. Oh, oh that's a, that is a collection of people. Basically, um, at basically in the lead up, I'll start with the lead up to Battleground again because that's yes. kind of the easiest story thread to start with. Basically, Randy, uh, the Triple H ran, uh, it, uh, basically Triple H put Cody Rhodes in a match where if he lost to Randy Orton, he would lose his job. He did, and so he did, and so Orton, uh, Cody was fired. The next week on Raw. Uh, Goldust showed up to try to defend his brother's honor, and they said, "Okay, if you win, you Cody gets his job back. But if you lose, you're fired." He fought Randy Orton. He lost. He was Goldust was fired. Why are they firing the whole everyone who fights Randy Orton? At least because- from the Rose family. Because the Cody, Cody and Goldust aren't, aren't, aren't supportive of this new regime in the WWE. So we got to get them the hell out of here. We must eliminate dissenting voices. Correct. Resistance so, is futile. So after that, Dusty comes in. And, they, and Dusty pleads for the jobs of both of his sons. And... Stephanie is like, well, okay, Dusty, uh, if you uh, completely, metaphorically suck our dicks, well, your sons can have their job back. And Dusty's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. And they're like, well, I guess this is your fault then. And then and then Big Show, this is when the Big Show knocked out Dusty because it was actually portrayed as Dusty has a choice is he can get knocked out by the big show or he can be power bombed by the shield his choice oh no i here's here's the here oh now i remember it now that's the choice unlocked the part of my brain will remember how this happened they're like listen dusty i i we they're like we appreciate that you that you know you've lost that your sons have lost your job and that's tough but you know we only really have room for one new person on the roster so you can choose who gets their job back cody or dustin and and dusty refuses to take that binary choice and they're like okay you can choose then power bomb by the shield or knocked out by the big show what what can't he just like leave no no he can't Pourquoi? Wouldn't they be just happier, like, 
just not having either Dusty or Cody on staff and just let not beating up an old man, or are they just that fucking sadistic? They are just that fucking sadistic. Yikes. Because Dusty dared to talk back to Stephanie. He ain't put uh, on yes. Stephanie's bullshit. By that logic, every fan in like the fucking attitude era should be <laughs> should, should post Stephanie heel turn should be fucking actually wait, I'm pretty sure pre-Stephanie heel turn too should be taking these power bombs uh uh from uh, of, of choice for disrespecting I mean, Stephanie. If Chris Jericho wasn't on tour with Fozzie in 2013, I would have respected them being like, hey, st- hey, 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 uh, hey, uh, hey, hey Chris, remember when you called me a slut? <laughs> How I, I want Stephanie's revenge, a whole movie of her just like fighting every, tracking down every single person who's ever called her a slut and like putting them through a power bomb or some shit. That'd be so would good. Be, would be hilarious. Anyway, so this all kerfuffle has led to um let basically they did the bros were given one last chance to win their job back all they have to do is beat the shield at battleground and of course they do in what is honestly a really fantastic match the only match on battleground really worth going back to watch that actually does sound sick also i why why the fuck is the shield always three on two matches why why did they constantly get that handicap because they're the shield ooh ah. uh what? i don't know <laughs> uh so why? so then the shield then would after losing at battleground the roads would the roads uh family uh the 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 uh what they didn't call them what did they call themselves as a tag team uh they like they had a name for them, the Brotherhood. That's it. Yes, uh, yes. Cody Rhodes and Goldust, the Brotherhood, got a mat, got a tag title match with the Shield, and they won. So oh. they are the new tag champions, and Dean Ambrose is the last member of the Shield with any belts. Um, oh no! So at it's it's so this Survivor Series tag match is largely just like continuing large discontent with you know. Cody and Goldust, their thing with the Shield. Rey Mysterio, honestly, I don't remember him being on TV. He must have been on SmackDown. Um, yeah. He's like fighting with the Shield, and then the Usos and and, Rey, and the Real Americans. It's basically a case of like the tag team division is cooking right now. Uh, not a lot of real storylines necessarily. Uh, well, there's the uh, the Real Americans beefing with Los Matadors, and I don't oh, no. really want to talk about that i don't it wasn't you. very good but Sounds i will awful. say it was very funny when el torito uh did a thing on smackdown where he gored uh he used his little horns and his mask and gored uh uh zeb Coulter in the butt and then he gored him in the dick yay we love a good anti-heel dick shot so that was funny. Uh, but otherwise, it's basically like the real Americans are doing like are wrestling like weekly because we the people is over and Cesaro and Swagger are a really good tag team. So, you know, uh, you know, so they're wrestling pretty much every week uh, on Raw. Uh, this match is kind of notable because the heels fall behind extremely quickly. The heels start down. 
The heels immediately lose. Dean Ambrose is pinned first within like two minutes of the match. And oh, then sure. both of the real Americans get pinned and it gets turned into a five on two with what? only Rollins and Reigns remaining. But uh, then, ooh, Oz, Roman Reigns pins four out of the five members of the, of the babyface team and is the sole survivor and the heels win. The what? Seth Rollins pinned Jay Uso, but Roman Reigns pinned Jimmy Uso, Cody Rhodes, Goldust, and Rey Mysterio. What the actual fuck? Seth oh my tying God. a record for Survivor Series for most pins by one person. Man, Roman's fucking booking, dude. He he can. Can you tell that they are trying to have him main event the next year's WrestleMania? Not the next WrestleMania coming up in 30, but WrestleMania 31. Oh, yes. I'm so glad they're showing some restraint by waiting till next WrestleMania to force him on everybody. Mm -hmm. So the, the bad guys have won. But other than that, you know, I've already talked about what the Shield are up to. So that's that's with Punk. So that's that. And then The Miz and Kofi Kingston, where they beefed on the pre-show. Uh, basically, they were doing tag some tag team stuff together, but The Miz betrayed Kofi, so now they've just been fighting each other. Cute. Cool. Uh, so that is the build-up to the December 9th, 2013 episode of Monday Night Raw. It was a bit of a long one tonight. Yeah, really. I had to cover four months of television. Um oh, shit. And if you would like to watch this episode of Raw along with us, you can do so on Peacock TV. Uh, that is uh, NBC Universal streaming service. It's where WWE, for now, keeps all of their streaming content. You know, if you follow Ooh. the rumors going around, that you know, they could, be bought, they could be bought out as a company any day. So, you know. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. That is the best. That seems like the best case scenario. I know. What that the fuck? Weird. I um, am dirt. I feel dirty. But for now, they are still on Peacock. Uh, and so that is where you can find this episode of Raw. Uh, we will be back in the back half to discuss December, the December 9th, 2013 episode of Monday Night Raw. Hell yeah, brother. And we are back. Oh, we have finished the December 9th, 2013 episode of Monday Night Raw. Hell yeah, we did. And oh god, oh god, hide your mid-carters. It's the fucking slammies. Bro, I, I, I completely forgot to mention it's the Slammy Awards episode in the front half. I... Yeah, I was I, I I saw that and I was like, wait, did he say something about the Slammies? I No, I, I meant here, but this is what I get for watching four months of TV and then also saying to myself, I don't need to take notes to remind myself what to say in the front. Yeah, it just kind of brain melts you. I get it. That was my mistake. But nah. yes, it, it is the Slammy Awards. And I'll be honest, I didn't pick the episode for this. That, really? that was completely incidental. I the, the last 15 minutes is what I picked the episode for. This um, is fair. But also, like, Jesus Christ nary a more perfect episode could our second chapter make this is the this the this provided such a incredible backdrop to like 
the story progression we're here to see. God damn. I, I agree. Um, before we get too deep into the episode, um, actually, you know what? I made a note of, of when I have made a note of something and I will come back to it when I come back to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it is the Slammy Awards. Mm -hmm. uh, my first note was, oh God, oh no, Michael Cole giving tutorials on how to use an app store. <laughs> I, I, li I literally get, we're, okay, we, we, we keep jumping around in, like, like we are, we are not following WWE in any kind of, like, linear way mm -hmm. on this show, aside from, like, you know, the, the arcs as we follow themselves, but, like, in terms of, like, in-between arcs, like, we're jumping from, like, 05 to 13, back to 11, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and yet, somehow, with all of that era jumping, we, we've somehow managed to, to only find the, like, app slash social media related moments that are somehow even more of a self-parody than the last one. Cole looking directly to the camera and telling the audience how to download a fucking app is on a whole new what? level. In 2013, mind yes, you. Yes, yes. People, we need you to understand. Michael Cole is giving step-by-step -step instructions on how to install an app. He looking directly into the camera. He's like, "All right, so you get your iPhone. You 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 press. You go to this thing called the App Store, and then you type in WWE. Oh God. Um, a few a few other things for me in the in the at the top of this show. Um, so the Slammies." are advertised uh, as at the beginning of the episode as, as uh, the, the awards that you, the fans, decide on. And I made the comment at the top of this of, of, oh man, I love being manipulated into picking exactly what the company wants. But I have... I went on a whole roller coaster with how the fuck the Slammies may or may not work while I watched this. They're all, so they're we'll, all legit. We'll, yeah, okay. We'll touch on that. Because I... I have I went on a whole journey with this Austin because the way this weird fucking awards show work works confuses me so much. Um, I I, Listen, I have hey, over two million people voted on the website. Michael Cole made sure to say that all night long, multiple times. Over yeah. two million votes. Oh, passed. oh, I'll touch on that. I'll touch on that. Don't you worry. We'll get there. Also, as we get our opening pan across the crowd. I saw some sign that was like, um, I need a, it was like some fuck. kid holding an, I need a baby, oh, I, I need a baby brother sign. Okay, 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 so here's what happened. The, I saw the, I need a baby brother sign, and I was like, okay, uh, are they trying to adopt? Is some kid about to walk out of here with a new baby brother, Daniel Bryan? Like, What's, what's happening here? And then I rewound the episode for like a slightly unrelated reason. And then it panned back over that crowd. And I saw, I, I, so I saw the pan shot again. I saw next to that sign, a sign from presumably this kid's father saying, uh, AJ, have my baby. No. <gasps> no. I missed it's, that. I missed the other sign. Yep. That's, that's why. That's terrible. It's it, also my baby. Is that Adam Cole's dad? Is that just Adam Cole? Is this how we get Adam Cole baby? 
Is he actually descended of AJ Lee? Fape? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh my yeah, god! I, I I'm here for the X. That's actually Adam Cole, and yeah. and um, and this Adam is a, Cole's secret child. Yes, and a future a future uh, storyline between Britt Baker and AJ Lee will bring this up. <laughs> yes. See, it's funny because I did also see someone in the crowd that looked a lot like uh, Karen era Bailey. So I guess just all the fucking future wrestlers time traveled back to Slammy's 2013. They all they all really wanted to come to the Seattle show. Um, Absolutely. Uh, And and, and why wouldn't you? Because DB is the hometown boy tonight. Yeah. uh, The first match of the show is Daniel Bryan versus... Fun, fun, Dunk-o. Dunk-o. Uh, I did actually Google this because Michael Cole was like, he's from Aberdeen, Washington, just up the road. And I was like, this is, I've seen your geography of Engle- of, of Europe and I'm <laughs> suspicious. So I'm double checking. And what? every, basically everything is within like spitting distance of London. All, all English wrestlers are within, are within distance of London. Uh. Ah uh, uh, yes, I see. Essentially, uh, Adam uh, Cole just or not not Adam Cole, Michael Michael Cole. Fuck, Michael Cole's like ah, you're from you're from Ireland. That's like a five minute walk from London, right? Yeah, but I checked, and Aberdeen, Washington, is about an hour forty five drive from Seattle. So so just up the very long road, close enough that I'm willing to not be annoying about it. <laughs> that that's still Cole. Cole, but I did. You don't need I to did put over proximity here, buddy. I checked up on this. Uh, I do I also, appreciate your diligence. I also uh, made a note because this annoy this. Having listened to this for four months, I have now. I am now annoyed at it. Is okay. every single is I wrote Mrs. Fondango is kind of grating to hear JBL say every fucking time when Summer Rae has a name and the relationship between her and Fondango is not explicitly anything beyond professional. I guarantee you it's like uh, a JR and John Silver thing where he calls he calls her by that nickname just because he doesn't actually know her name and actively yeah, he, refuses to learn it. Yeah, that's probably it. But I that's was his I version was, of, of Johnny Hunky. Yeah, this felt like my time to soapbox about it because I've had to listen to it every single week for four months of TV. I'm like, fuck off, man. Yes. Uh, also, Michael Cole says that the world has been fondangoing, to which my response was, have they? And uh, b- 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 before you well actually me, we'll All get right. there. I went on a journey with this too. It's um uh, actually, actually. I wa- I watched I watch college <laughs> humor. It's I um actually. Fuck off. <laughs> Either way, um, well, actually, I, I also learned that apparently fondangoing consists of putting mm-hmm. your index fingers up in the air in an alternating I'm not familiar with this with this style of ballroom. What what region is it is it from? <laughs> is this uh, is the Calde Ballroom in Connecticut or wherever I'll, the fuck? I'll give a- the, the the concept of fundangoing comes up again later in the show, and I will I'll give I'll give a brief history of that then. Yes, yes, that's why I held off your um actually until then because mm-hmm. I because okay. I did go on a journey with this. Um, t- uh, so so we we get we get into the match and uh over on commentary um uh JBL JBL says you mentioned in the front half uh the 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 Brian and Wyatt's thing. JBL says that Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatts is the the right thing to do. 
Yeah, he's cheer. He's cheering for Brian to join the Wyatts because like, he look. They looks. He looks heel. just like him. He he. I get that he's a heel commentator, but I feel like I feel like the Wyatts would not be up his alley unless like the the swap cults and libertarians just historically get along is jbl oh, over here oh, like oh yes i'm inspired by your ability to get to get poor people to make satanic packs like what oh, is um, why, why is he rooting for the wyatts here <laughs> i mean beyond this uh, it's just the super basic they are the heels so he is supporting their endeavors um <laughs> beyond, beyond that the, there's of course the political implications of of uh long-time bedfellows libertarians and swamp cultists obviously of course yes uh meanwhile over in the ring daniel bride is just she's just knocking poor fandango the fuck around man like like fandango's getting a few like spots here and there yeah fandango fandango got hot to start and then daniel bryan uh kicked the middle rope while uh fandango was hit was laying on the middle turnbuckle and basically kicked his teeth into the rope which ow but after that it was about all over uh well there there was one spot like in the in the middle slash toward the end that that went to fandango that was really sick like uh db gets up on the uh the top rope and tries to jump on fandango but fandango counters him into a power bomb bomb. oh that was so sick dude holy shit uh but then, I, also, but then I made TV, a note. I also made a note. I had a whole thing where, like, he was about. I was like, "Cattle mutilation season, let's go!" Because he was what? setting up for the. Okay, it's it's like it's a cattle mutilation is not the surfboard, but it's close enough that I never remember which what the differences are. But oh. like, he was setting him up for like the surfboard cattle mutilation because that's just what Daniel Bryan calls it. Uh, set up. And then I was like, oh my God, he's going to do it. And then he just stomped. Uh, he used his feet to stomp Fandango's knees into the, into the ground instead. I was like, oh, okay. Well, see that that's, that's the thing with DB is like, if, if he can hurt you by stomping on you, he'll, he'll, he'll take that shit. There, there is no weapon in this world loss and more yeah. terrifying to me than the bottom of Daniel Bryan's boot. All right. Yeah. Um, we, we come back from commercial and Brian yeah. is hulking up, brother. And uh-huh. then he starts hitting the yes kicks. The last one, he fucks, he clearly botches, and Michael Cole has to be like, oh, he missed. Oh, no, I mean, he must have just barely hit him. Oh, oh no, I missed that. No, because that think- last one, the last one that's the kick to the head, he grazed it just over Fandango's head. Ooh. So Michael Cole starts saying, oh, he missed the last kick, but then Fandango sells it, and Michael Cole has to backtrack and be like, oh, well, I guess he, oh, well, he must have just barely hit him. Sometimes, sometimes it's just, sometimes you just, the, the power of suggestion is all you need to take that bump, man. Yeah. You think uh, you, get, you think you're gonna hit, get take the bump, so you take the fucking bump. Yeah, then he we get the absolutely in a couple of insane JBL lines back to back that yeah, I wrote yeah. down. <laughs> we, first we get thank God Brian only has two feet because he kicks you with every one he has. Uh, I I missed that one. Thank you, and JBL. Then, and then as as Fandango is going yes! to the top rope for the top for his his, his top rope leg drop, he goes. Fred Astaire Fred never went to the top rope, top but rope Fandango, Fandango does. does. Oh my God! Thank you, JBL. <laughs> that was the dumbest fucking line. There, Jerry oh. Lawler is not here tonight because he is hosting the Slammies with Booker T. So JBL and Cole have to make up for it. Clearly, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so uh, 
Von Nugger goes to the top rope, and I forget exactly what happens. I think he DD misses. Like he goes, oh, he, just he goes for the he top rope. He, yeah, he misses. Daniel Bryan goes up to the top, hits the uh, fly, the diving headbutt. Then he hits the B, the the Basaiku knee for the mm. win. Yes, yes. Well, uh, um, yeah, he go he goes back up to the top. Although I feel like this was another botch on his part because something I've come to notice as part of my wrestling fandom is if you go for a jump from the top and kind of like barely graze your opponent commentary is rather want to call that a headbutt and that is indeed what michael cole said happened here because i saw mm-hmm. db go up to the top and i saw him really fucking whiff on the on that hit and michael cole's like oh he got he got he got him with the with the headbutt the, the, which is obviously jumping from the top rope the most effective way to land a headbutt mm-hmm. on someone what? Yeah, now, now Brian, but though Brian does, and until he retired from uh, having too many concussions uh, in 2015, <laughs> the the diving headbutt a la Chris Benoit was part of his his move set for his that's, entire career. Okay, and if that's the case, then fair. The camera just did it no favors then, because to no. me it looked like just a fucking whiff. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so he gets the dub, obviously, but then and then. <laughs> then, then uh bray wyatt appears on the titan tron I, ha- I i tried to get as much of this down as i could bray wyatt talks oh. very fast and talks in a lot of metaphor <laughs> oh <So it's like, laughs> ah, god i can't just write everything down here um i had a big problem with that with another promo later in the show um yes but he bray wyatt's like your ravenous behavior brian is what attracted you to me but you are testing my patience yes the clock is ticking brian and Bray Wyatt makes clear that this is no fairy tale. There is no happy ending to this story. This story ends in destruction. Bray doesn't care if it kills him. He will show Daniel he is a monster just like him. And in yeah. that moment of serenity, I will take all your pain away. Join us, Brian. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, holy fucking fucking fuck bray wyatt is so fucking good on mike dude he is so fucking cool shit he's so cool it's like i literally i was watching this and i was like you know this feels just like a 2013 version of like a house of black promo like literally i mean it comes from the same genre of spooky bullshit yes and and we have uh, we have Harper and Rowan in the background over either of his shoulders, shrouded in shadow. Like, fucking Bray Wyatt walks so that uh, uh, Malachi Black and also, I guess, just more future Bray Wyatt could run. Uh, yeah. But literally, literally, this this is like, oh, this is like a progenitor to like, what the fuck Malachi Black did with the House of Black. It's cool. It's cool now in AEW, and it's fucking cool with the Swamp Cult. The Swamp Cult is a way goofier aesthetic, but it still somehow works because Bray Wyatt is great. Also, yeah, Bray wants to prove to Daniel that Daniel's a monster, as if Daniel doesn't constantly call himself a dragon. I, f- I feel like Bray, you, you need to get into your monsterology a little bit there, buddy. Uh, but yeah, no, sick ass, sick ass promo. Great little hype up for for the pay per view uh and and db's like oh oh what's what's going on you know yeah so they 
I thought we were going to get the first slammy thing. They talked about it. The end of this match to start the slammies, but then we cut back from break and we are just immediately starting a Damian Sandow versus Santino Morella match. Ah, uh, yes. Damian Sandow versus, versus wait, versus Bruno San, yeah, Santino Morello. Santino. You said, yeah, for a second, my mind thought you said Bruno San Martino, and it's like, wait. Oh, oh fuck, that would have been crazy. That would have been wild. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. Damien Sandow versus Santino Morello. Uh, one of these is a goofy comedy jobber, and the other is Santino Morello. Biggie Langston is on commentary. And yes! I, there is, he says nothing interesting. He is, in a, he is very boringly professional, is how I wrote it. So, oh, that... That was okay. I was I was wondering about that because I think this this is one of two things. This is as you said in the front half, Big E just before he had any semblance of a character, or this is like Big E being snarky in the form of being very like buttoned up and presentable no, about this no, whole thing. He, oh, okay. No, he's just he's he's being sincerely professional, and I'm like, boo. I know. He, at one point, he calls Sandow a great competitor, and I'm like, the fucking polygraph is going nuts right now, Biggie. What are you? Wh why are you dignifying any of this? Yeah. Uh, the only spot of the match I made note of before the finish was <laughs> uh, when Damian Sandow whips santino into the ropes and then santino just starts strutting i know i love it well yeah he starts strutting and then uh he, i think he does some sort of counter move on, on yeah by santino. the okay let's just skip to the end i don't yeah this nothing. but okay so yeah. santino pulls out his socks to set to do this the cobra he puts it on da, 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 cobra! and damian sandow sweeps the legs and hits the Uranagi called You're Welcome for the win. But no, the snake is great. If I it had worked, the snake spot, the snake, dude. since you want it, since I don't think you ever watched a Santino match, the no. way the snake, well, what he does he after that. a match on the Muppets episode, but I can't remember if he did the snake on that or not. Maybe. This basically what he, it's basically like, he'll like, strike you in the heart with the snake puppet hand that's how he that's the cobra may, may i just say how like legitimately slick he makes the like snake worm spot just the way he like hits his arm and like just turn it's so it's so crisp i feel like that is a snake coming to life on his hand uh, I was if, I was at work while I watched that part, and I had to show it to my fellow supervisor that was with me. I'm just like, just just look at this goofy shit. And she's like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, I think I think I wish Santino was still wrestling because I want to see him and Danhausen collide and see Dan. Like I want to see I want Santino to do the oh, Cobra, and then Danhausen puts a curse on the Cobra. <laughs> yo, oh my god, that's awesome holy shit i would love it the, the fucking cobra turns around and starts and hits him yeah because he cursed the cobra oh my god please i don't think that match will ever happen but please wrestling gods please oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah baby so but, now um, the slammies begin in earnest yeah after the oh, it's after the match biggie just goes in and like Holds up the belt, blah, blah, yeah. blah. All right. Here comes the presenters for the first award of the night, the double cross of the year. And it is the shield. And I wrote, yes. this is so ironic in hindsight. Expert, experts in their field. Experts in their field, the shield. Is I was I wrote the shield looking fresh. They are there. fucking slicked back hair. Ambrose actually looks vaguely more recognizable as John Moxley without it being like all the fuck over the place. And I'm just like, this, this, this reads like, this reads like 
your brain on WWE versus your brain on AEW when it comes to yep. Moxley. Like, and then I wrote, that is- then I wrote, then I wrote, there was a Slammy pre-show because yes, all right, yeah. so this is where I'm going. I, I, I said that too. I was like, what? But okay, guess what? I did the research and I found all of the pre-show Slammy awards. Oh no. So guess what we're gonna do right now? Oh no! Oh god! Yeah, apparently, uh, I, I touch on this later. Apparently, The Rock was involved in one of them. So yeah, all right. Yeah. So they, they the the Slammys really taking after the Oscars, where like all of the unimportant awards they just do before they just kind of like do in between yeah, commercial you. breaks and whatever but also they don't need to have all those extra awards why do they need to do a pre-show they they just could not do those these are all very goofy awards they didn't need to go to the extra effort but i appreciate that they did all right so here are the awards that were not on the show all right for tag mm-hmm. team of the year it was the nominees were the Shield, the Primetime Players, the Usos, and the Real America, the Real Americans, and Cody Rhodes and Goldust won by Cody Rhodes and Goldust. Wait, wait, hold, hold the hell up! What? I the the tag team of the year was a pre-show award. Why? Yeah, because yeah. we gotta do other shit tonight. What can I say? Uh. The Breakout Star of the Year Award uh, won by The Shield. Other nominees were The Wyatt Family, Biggie Langston, and Fondango. Why is that a pre-show award? What? (laughs) They only have time for six awards, David, so we're going to go with this. They presented some fucking pre-show-ass ones on the main show. I thought the pre-show ones would all be even fucking stupider. I, I think that the ones they present on the show were all relevant enough. The, yeah, the... well, yes, but, like, bruh, fucking, you're not putting tag team breakout on there, but you're putting insult of the year on there? What? <sighs> uh, the faction of the year uh, won by The Shield. Other The other nominees are The Wyatt Family, The Real Americans, and 3MB. The, uh, the this is awesome moment of the year. There are so many of these. I kind of need to, we kind of need to get on with it here. Yeah. But the, this is awesome moment of the year. The winner, Big Show knocking out Triple H. Other nominees include Dolph Ziggler cashing in money in the bank, Kofi Kingston hopping on a chair to save himself from elimination in the Royal Rumble match, Ooh. and Daniel Bryan winning the WWE Championship from Randy Orton at Night of Champions. Hell yeah, brother. The LOL moment of the year, this is the thing they brought up on the show to talk about The Rock, is The Rock concert on the 20th anniversary of Raw. Basically, The Rock came out with an acoustic guitar and sang a song about how much Vicky Guerrero sucks. That was that was The <laughs> Rock concert. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Rock was sure to show up. So no, he didn't. They they, they mentioned that Vicky Guerrero accepted the award on The Rock's she behalf. She did. The song was That's about her. hilarious. The other LOL moments of the nominees were Vicky Guerrero being fired as Raw general manager, uh, Titus O'Neil vomiting on JBL, Michael Cole, and Zeb Coulter on SmackDown. That was a thing that happened a couple weeks back. Was it like um, a shoot vomit? I don't know. Okay. And, 
I don't know. They they've decided to keep bringing it up, and that's obviously you know now we're Ew. making it a story. But you know, and uh, we were just talking about the Cobra. The great Kali and Jinder Mahal tried to charm Santino Morella's Cobra. They had, I think, Jinder was the one. Now is Kali like Jinder Mahal like snake charmed the Cobra? <laughs> God fucking damn it! No, Bruh. Hey, the trending now hashtag of the year. The oh, winner, God. the winner hashtag believe in the shield. Uh, other other uh, nominees were hashtag best for business, hashtag follow the buzzards, and hashtag we the people. Follow the bu- okay. That's the Wyatt's thing. That's oh, Bray's, okay, that's sure. Bray's that's, thing. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's that's, that's, that's beard fine. of the year won by Be- Daniel Bryan. Beard of the. Why is there a beard? Oh, okay. The other nominees include Damian Sandow, the Wyatt family, and Zeb Coulter. The the Wyatt family, their collective beard. Yeah. The What a Maneuver Award won by the spe- Roman Reigns' Spear. The other nominees okay. were Daniel Bryan's Running Strike, AJ Lee's Black Widow, and Cesaro's Swing. That, uh, wrong. Should have gone to the swing. Uh, the You Still Got It Best Superstar Return. Uh, the winner was Goldust. Other nominees included Please. Rob Van Dam, the Bella Twins, Bruno San Martino, and Chris Jericho. Sure. The couple of the year won by Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Yeah, Other I didn't nom- realize we were acknowledging their relationship. Yes, uh, yes, we are. We are. We there. It's we got Total Divas reality now. So we're uh, bringing up that Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella are engaged. Man, I guess he just took. I, I guess he just really had a good move on after after AJ dumped him. God damn. Other nominees included Triple H and Stephanie, Fandango and Summer Rae, Tyson Kidd and Natalia, John Cena and Nikki Bella, and Jimmy uh, Uso yeah. and Naomi. Oh yeah, I always forget they're together. Yes. Yes. Uh, the feat of strength of the year. The winner was Mark Henry pulls two trucks with his bare hands. Oh, fuck. Uh, other nominees included Antonio Cesaro swinging the great Kali, Ryback shell-shocking Mark Henry, and the Shield triple powerbombing the big show. Holy. Oh, yeah, that shit. The say what quote of the year. Uh, the winner one stipulation. I'm in my boy's corner and I'll be your Huckleberry all night long by oh, Dusty yeah, Rhodes. Other nominees included Paul Say Something Stupid from Brock Lesnar. <laughs> that was my quote of the year. I'll tell you that. That sounds good. Rise Above This by Damian Sandow and the Paul Kano Eruption from Paul Heyman. Oh, boy. The Best Dance Moves. The winner... <laughs> It the Funkadactyls. There's there's only three more after this. Okay. Uh, the Funkadactyls, Naomi and Cameron. Other nominees were Fandango, R-Truth, Summer Rae, The Great Kali, and Mizco Inferno. Wait. Okay. Kali dances? What? Okay. Vaguely. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Favorite web show. The winner, the JBL and Cole show. Other nominees include WWE Inbox, 30 Second Fury, and WWE Top 10. JBL and Cole shows the winner. Uh, the best crowd of the year. 
the winner of the Raw after WrestleMania crowd in East not even New Jersey itself, not even WrestleMania itself, the Raw yeah. after. Uh, the other nominees were the Payback crowd in Chicago, the SummerSlam crowd in Los Angeles, and the Raw in London, England on April 22nd. All right, all right, all right. Then uh, the final of pre-show award, the catchphrase of the year. It, it the, the winner was yes, yes, yes from Daniel Bryan. Uh, the other nominees were that's what I do from Mark Henry. Fun, uh, Don, go uh, from Fandango. Follow the buzzards from Bray Wyatt. We the people from the Real Americans and believe in the Shield from the Shield. I love how "believe in the Shield" is their catchphrase. Like they're fucking like. I think we were talking about this. Uh, the, I'm bringing back the Tinkerbell joke. It's like they're fucking take, believe in the Shield. We need you guys to believe in us. If you believe in us really hard, we're gonna triple power bomb somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Now that we've got all that out of the way. There were so many in 2013. What the fuck? So, back to the show. Dean Ambrose is like, he. Dean Ambrose wants to make it clear. He's like, we're presenting this award, but don't worry. This award will, we would know nothing about double crossing. That will Uh, never happen to us. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, five five months later. (laughs) Haven't they already kind of like double crossed punk at the very least? They kind of did uh, yeah i guess yeah. uh so seth rollins and jumps in is like yeah man we're the shield we're staying together and then uh roman jumps in to just be like yeah and anyone wants to cross us and then ambrose cuts him off and finishes his point for him and i was like ooh, spicy oh, because oh. right now we are in the midst of an extremely subtle build to the shield falling apart they are teasing that the shield is losing its cohesiveness slowly God but surely damn. They've been they've been around since not that uh, November November 2012 was when they were they they debuted. So they get like they get like a little over a, a year together, a year and a half, I guess. Year and a half by the time it's over. That's a weirdly short time for a stable, but all right. They were extremely they were extremely impactful for their time they were there. This is true. This is true. But we can't we can't have Roman Reigns tied down to these two bozos for too long, brother. Yep. Uh, so the nominees for the double cross of the year, Mark Henry's fake retirement promo. We know that one very well here. Uh, Sean Michaels being the, as the referee in Hell in a Cell. Talked about that in the front half. Paul Heyman betraying Punk at Money in the Bank. I mentioned it last time. But now you've got to see Paul Heyman throw a ladder at CM Punk. <laughs> he, he threw it with all his might and it sure whacked Punk in the back. And then Triple H as the ref at SummerSlam. So for all of these, what they did is they were like, they announced the winner and they announced the nominees and then the the vote would carry through the next commercial break. And they would introduce a match and then before the match that started after the break, then they would announce the winner. Yes. Um, So like, yeah, this is... This is the journey I went on with this because they announced all the nominees and I was like, oh, cool. Um, And then... Uh, um, Kofi, like, um, Kofi comes to, like, comes out for a match, and I was like, oh, Kofi's here, that's cool, and then, like, I stop and I think about it for a second, like, what, wait, hold, hold on a second, they're, they just announced all the, are they just not presenting the award? I mean, they gotta give people time to go on the app and vote. Yes, yes, 
uh, again, more more on my journey with this later. But I was like, I gotta stop scratch my head. I was like, wait, hold up, something something seems amiss here. Um, mm. but, so Kofi comes out, and then and then they cut to commercial. They come back from commercial, and they're like, ah, Shawn Michaels wins. Which like the the Shawn Michaels ref thing, I man, I, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote. Mark Henry was fucking robbed by recency bias. Mark Henry was robbed by recency bias, but also I I don't even know if I'd call what Shawn Michaels did technically a double cross. That's more like a like doubling over and looping back on itself cross because that shit was so fucking convoluted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shawn Michaels, I didn't write all I didn't write all of the uh, acceptance speeches, but I did write a lot of Shawn's. Shawn, uh, yes. he's like, I got a lot on my mind, but I've been told I can't talk too long. And Sean basically goes on this rant about how he's annoyed that he was backstabbing people for 25 years and he never won no damn Slammy Award yeah, until he I was, was like, retired. I was like, I was like, this this award feels more like a an insult or a backhanded compliment. But I guess the only insult Sean took from it was like that he's done so many backstabs. How the fuck did it take him till four years after retirement to finally win an award like this? Yeah. Uh, you sold out chance breakout and he just goes, Hey, look here, pinhead. I sold out years ago. That's why I'm still here. <laughs> He's very open about what a bastard he is. I can appreciate right. There's also so, like, uh, there's also like a, 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 a line of dudes in yes shirts who are all bowing to him. And I, the fe- bow thing. I feel like, yep. I feel like that's kind of some fake fan, fake battery right there. Like, honestly, I wasn't ready for it. I'm used to them only doing that when Vince McMahon comes out. I was like, they're bowing to Sean. That's new. Eh, he's a future. He's a future corporate guy. Close enough. Yeah. So that is that, and we get to the match, which is Kofi Kingston versus The Miz, which I made the note Miz of. Ah, get a fucking televised entrance. What is happening? No. no, we we cut back from commercial. Miz's theme is playing, and then they cut it off to oh um, almost immediately God. to do this slammy stuff. But I wrote, it ain't a mid-card WWE feud if the whole feud isn't just them wrestling constantly every single week. Oh, yeah. That's the impression I got. But, like, fucking Kofi over here is, like, he must have taken his, like, he must have dosed on his tea backstage or something. He just beat the shit, he just beat the shit out of Miz the whole match. Tonight. evil kofi over here kofi the kofi the bastard just just here to like murder the miz uh like so so like yeah the match starts and kofi just like immediately starts tossing miz around like a bitch and i'm like why the fuck is the miz getting treated like a jobber chump here one of these one of these men is entrance well only one of these men is a former world champion in 2013 and it's not kofi kingston (laughs) Yeah, that's the that's the wild part of like Kofi has yet to like win a world. Like I know Kofi's held other titles by this point, but like yes. I, I I saw a graphic yesterday that was like apparently Cody Kofi's held a title for like every year he's been in the company at least for like some period of time. That sounds about right. Yeah, so like I guess he's held other titles, but like Miz is a former world, but like he doesn't get a televised entrance and he's getting thrown around like a jobber. What is? What the fuck? And then and then he just like he just bails on the he tries to bail on the match. He tries he's like, and, ah, I don't know. Like, ah, and Kofi's like, uh no. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, no. They, basically the but the match is extremely one-sided until the end where Kofi rolls what? up the Miz, 
Miz kicks Kofi off and Kofi lands into the middle turnbuckle and Miz rolls him up, allegedly pulling some tights. I didn't quite see that. I, I saw I saw it a little bit. Yeah. So Miz who got Miz wins. Like jobber chump the entire time just gets a last second cheeky roll up with a cheaty tights grab on Kofi. That, what is what is this feud? What is happening? Why are the characters like this? And then after the match, sore loser Kofi Kingston hits the trouble in paradise, uh, kicks Miz straight in the face. And Miz falls. <laughs> and Miz is like, uh, <laughs> close up on his face. It looks like Miz has just seen God. Yep. So after all that, hoo-ha, Eve Torres <laughs> is here to present Diva of the Year. I have a few. I I hear him. I want I want to read my notes sequentially here before you jump. Please. In. Uh, I'm an unapologetic Eve Mark, but one of the best Divas champions of all time, Cole. <laughs> the nominee, <laughs> the nominees are the Bella Twins, the Funkadactyls, Caitlin, Natalia, Eva Marie, AJ Lee. Yes, I did notice that the entire cast of Total Divas made the nominees, and only two women who aren't on that show made it. Oh yeah, no, no. Eve, like Eve, before she reads off the nominees, was like. Whether you're a fan of the stars of hit reality show Total Divas on MTV or fans of whoever the fuck those other losers are, we're here, we're all here to celebrate the the women of WWE. Yeah, it is the the not and the nominees are the Total Divas cast and the two women who aren't on Total Divas that were Divas champion this year. Uh, yeah, and and also fucking so in the pre-show. F- Fandango and Summer Rae get nominated separately for best dance moves, but then here, like Mi- Miz or not, not Miz, fucking Bella's and Funkadactyls are just nominated well, together for Diva. Wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to dilute the votes by making the fans vote for either Nikki or Brie. Now, would we? Yeah, well, uh, because guess to, who what? Who needs an individual identity? <laughs> because guess what? The Diva of the Year award goes to the Bella Twins, to which I wrote, AJ Lee got fucking robbed! Yeah, that, that was my first hint that, like, that, like, oh, wait, maybe these war- awards actually are legit, because why the fuck would they not kayfabe it to AJ? Yeah, the Bellas say absolutely nothing. And they say, they like, give the most boilerplate, like, we're just so happy to be here. Yeah, Thank it was so much. lame. Yeah, okay, but also, like, uh, okay, fucking <laughs> just 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 the fact that like they they they're here to to accept this award and and not not AJ is like what what why i'm i'm confused why the fans even voted for them over AJ like what is happening because they're the breakout stars of of hit e reality show total divas man i guess total divas just really did put that whole cast nuclear over with the fans or something jesus aj had half of a point uh in that (laughs) the wwe is absolutely focusing harder on total divas than they are the rest of the division oh 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 also when they when they're listing off the nominees and they show natalia there's like some quote about i come from royalty and it just shows a video of like her with brett and her wedding done it again it's so beyond parody dude it's so funny they just refuse to acknowledge that jim neidhart exists 
right. So the the next match on the show then is an eight-man tag between Rey Mysterio, the Brotherhood, and Whale. Whale. The Rey Mysterio is the only one on this team that gets an entrance. Versus the Real Americans and Paul Heyman's exes. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Wait. So, so, a, so a little bit more on my journey because you mentioned that Ray Mysterio. So this, yeah, this is the point where I realized that, like, oh shit, they're just voting on this in real time. But yeah, I don't know, don't know why. Um. Also, like, one more thing on the Bellas win. If 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 this is not kayfabe, because uh, because what I notice is like they'll announce the winner and that music hits like immediately. They're they're so, prepared for all possibilities. Yeah, so th- see, this just adds to my headcanon of like the beleaguered sound guy in the back who just needs to be ready for whatever. He's got to be ready for seven different sound cues. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the uh, original play, The Music Guy by by R. David Kelleton, coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> uh, yes, so the, so the eight-man tag, Ray comes out, his entrance that slaps so hard, his Titan trying to slap so hard. Someone very someone gifted him like a custom seahawks jersey that was sweet it was really cute like like he he's just like you know he's making hay with the people along the aisle and like someone holds out a seahawks jersey he says mysterio on the back he's like oh that's so cool the guy like he's like pointing like no take it to the ring ray's like wait you serious he's like yeah and ray just looks so touched as he like parades it around the ring it was Mm -hmm. so sweet um but yeah um also apparently on twitter double cross of the year is is trending hashtag slammy is trending dear god the, the wwe's relationship with twitter feels so the thing, the thing i hate oh is god. that i cannot possibly verify whether any of that what they're saying is true oh would they just lie about that shit i don't know but i can't go check tr- twitter trends from a decade ago so i have to just take their word for it sure sure all right yeah the 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 match starts and just kind of like a whole boogle i think it's ray and ryback to start uh yes um uh i know that ryback and curtis axel are now calling themselves ryback'sel riveting yeah um, they they bring that up they bring they that up gave a themselves times. a ship name how they, cute they they bring that up again later in the match and jbl makes the buries the fuck out of it yeah, he makes the unfortunately objectively correct point that that's a dumb fucking name. I did, I did write tragic. The worst person you know. <laughs> you know like, yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say. I will say. So, so I, I, um, I'm on my dad's peacock, and my just because like I went to log in like the automatic like fucking password sharing that my family has like automatically logged me into his. I was like cool, but he doesn't have the ad free version, so I have ads in between shit. And I was like, you know, it's fine, whatever. But I got, so the ad I got in the middle of this match was like a Cascade commercial that was almost as condescending about like dishwasher usage as Cole was about how the fuck to download an app. It's like, (laughs) it's like. Did you know that actually using uh using a, a, a dishwasher is is far superior and and uh more uh more efficient when it comes to water usage than hand washing dishes? I'm like, wow, no way! Dishwashers have only been out for decades and decades. There's no fucking way I knew that. Did Michael Cole write this ad? Jesus Christ! Yep. Um. The match is a lot of whatever. They're just kind of doing shit. Um, 
yeah. heels count. Uh, there's a great Goldust, bit. Goldust is the designated um get beat up by the bad guys. But he face. even gets some hopes. He gets some good fucking hope spots though, because because mm-hmm. Goldust is he's just too good. He's Dust Dustin Rhodes is too good. Uh, there's a great bit where uh, Mysterio like I think he like fucking tornado ddt's cesaro and cesaro like does a backflip in response like that's mm-hmm. the bump he takes like like ray does a little fucking spinny around his neck it's just and after he lets go cesaro just kind of stands there for a second and then just fucking backflips to take oh the yeah bump. what the hell mm-hmm. um, um i at some point there... oh i was gonna say at some point mike oh, jack swagger is in the ring and cole mentions he is a former world champion to which i wrote cole reminding me that how dare he yeah, well, I, I I missed that, but I got reminded of that later. Also, oh yeah, because he shows really, up at the end. Yes, man, they're really pushing fucking Twitter on on uh, during this. This is their designated push the WWE social media. Even match. they acknowledge this match is just house show, do whatever shit. Pretty pretty much. He uh, Cole talks about like Dustin's like presence on Twitter and he's like Dustin Rhodes just or gold does just tweeting the other day. Like so basically some vague, like just, you know, so, so honored to, to, to still be doing this, uh, be back in the ring, make the most of everything you have. Yada, man. It's, it's good. To I, know am that. Sin- I am sincerely glad that Michael Cole doesn't read off wrestlers tweets live on air anymore. <laughs> See, Yes, but also it is it does it does do my heart good that 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 Dustin Rhodes has just always tweeted like a fucking life coach. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That, that's just his that's been his Twitter voice. That's still his Twitter voice to this day. Like if you just go to like Dustin Rhodes, it looks like he's just like in the midst of writing like his own self-help book. Mm-hmm. So uh Goldust hits a big double DDT on the real Americans. He hot tags in Cody. Big show like spears the fuck out of everybody. Match is going wild. Cody hits Curtis Axel with a disaster kick, tags in Ray. Ray hits the 619 and the drop in the dime. That is his uh top rope dive for the win. Yeah. Yes. Um, dude, fucking Cody is so over in 2013. Jesus Christ. He could have been a star or even then. And then they painted him up like Goldust. They're they're like, oh, oh, you're going to be a star. All right. Stardust. Stardust. Ah. Yeah, about that. Yeah, um, yeah, that, man. It was. Uh, let's see what. Uh, oh, there's this great spot during the match where like Big Show is beating up on like like Big Show and Ryback are going at it. Oh it's, yeah, they do have a hoss off. It's so satisfying to watch Big Show beat up on his significantly worse evil mirror twin. Um, yeah, Ray gets the pin. JBL says on commentary as Ray gets the pin, we still don't know who Ray Mysterio is. Confirming that JBL probably doesn't know what the fuck a WCW is. No, because Ray was unmasked in WCW, and we yeah. all collectively pretended we, that didn't happen. Yeah, we all just we all just collectively got amnesia. Who the fuck is Oscar? Is that that is yeah. that is Ray goddamn Mysterio? Yeah, but Ray, because but like especially now that like Zeb. Okay, so part Zeb. The real Americans have also been like when I when they were beefing with the um the Matadors. 
Um, a big gimmick was we don't know who any of these people are under the mask, including the bull person. We don't know who they are under there. And so JBL has now picked up on the picked up on that character trait. And now he is also like every masked wrestler. He's like, I don't trust him because we don't know who they are under there. Oh he's, my god. He's, we are full here. We are full J. Jonah Jameson, every Mexican luchador. JBL JBL is like a fucking dweeby middle schooler who just learned a big vocabulary word and is using it everywhere he can even if it makes no goddamn sense because i think i even remember michael cole in response to jbl being like we still don't know who ray mysterio is michael cole being like jbl what the fuck are you talking about what are you I, doing man I'm, yeah i'm pretty sure cole is like jbl what <laughs> cole's like cole's like did you did you just never watch wcw like yeah um we at the end of the match cole once again explains how to download the app except except from the android perspective but also they commercial break mid explanation wait they they cut back i maybe you didn't catch it on the ad on the advert version but on the ad free version he is explaining what happened they cut to commercial break blackout and they come back to him finishing yeah okay I think I did have that happen, but I assumed that was just a random like ad placement. By no, I got that. And... No, I got that for me too. What the fuck? That's the cheese. What? <laughs> yeah, just, you're in the middle of explaining this commercial. Did he just have to like sit there frozen while he waited for convert? Why did they cut it like that? But yeah, so he explains for a second fucking time how to download an app. It just goes to prove WWE's ever famous mantra: treat every show like it's someone's first smartphone usage. Treat every, not just treat every show like it's someone's first. Treat every hour like it's someone's first hour of watching wrestling, and also their first hour using a smartphone. <laughs> right. So Jerry Lawler and Booker T, as the hosts, they introduce the presenters for a couple of these awards, and they bring, and we're doing superstar of the year really feels like that should have been the last award yeah it feels so early to be doing superstar of the year it's it'd be like if the oscars were like after the first hour like best picture i'm like yeah or like or like two awards in ah best actor why not best what (laughs) but anyway who who needs audience retention (laughs) right so the uh, nominee the presenter is sean michaels and oh boy uh Sean Michaels is like, did I already mention I want a slammy tonight? And so Sean Michaels goes on and on about like what it means to be superstar of the year. How you da- you got to dazzle the crowd, give it your all, and be someone who puts on A-plus performances every night. Remind you, anybody? And he winks, and the crowd just starts yes chanting, even yeah, though Sean was yes talking chanting. about himself. Yes. The, cra- uh, the crowd is so blind to any baiting tonight that is not directed directly at Daniel Bryan. It is all like they, they, they it's just Daniel Bryan tinted glasses all the all the way through. Sean's then, like, does it remind you of anyone? And the audience is like, yes, yes, it does. yes Daniel Bryan. Yes. Like, wait, no. No. Wait, hold up. Hold up. Uh, Sean then proceeds to say that this award should be called uh, the HB Chisel. What? I was fuck? I was having war flashbacks. What does that even mean? This? What What does that even mean, Austin? 
It means Shawn Michaels is tr- is is your is your fifty year old dad trying to show he's still <laughs> hip and cool with the kids. Kids. This is you a one time thing. Every time he comes back on screen for the next five years, he's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, it's all HB shizzle." Like he is gonna try to get this fucking oh, over. And oh. I was like, "Oh my god, no!" See the fact that the fact that he tries for five years to get this over is very funny because that because his next line is just just keep saying it; it'll roll off the tongue. I thought it was a joke. I guess he was being very sincere about trying to convince people to get used to saying it, which no, I refuse. Fuck you. And but then HB Sizzle Chance Star, this is your fault, crowd. You validated. No, him. no. Why would you do? Everyone else thought it was a joke too. No. Uh, so the nominees for Superstar of the Year are yeah. Brock Lesnar, CM, CM Punk, Well, The Big Show, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, yes. and John Cena. And the winner of Superstar of the Year. And Sean has to check that card again to make sure he yeah. read that right. Like, uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Well, okay, but first, first, uh, in between, we got to get the the time for the audience to vote on this. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm t- I'm taking to just like let's finish this slammy point and then okay, just talk fair. about the that's, match. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, d- I, my, my, um, my notes upon seeing the Daniel Bryan win were, uh, oh shit, Daniel Bryan actually wins and double oh shit, Michaels doesn't sweet chin music him. I was fully yeah. expecting some shenanigans to go on. Uh, JBL and Cole both call this an upset. I don't know yes. how you believe that, but I don't okay. know either. It's there is a very tense handoff of that Slammy Award. Oh and yeah, then, John just refuses to let. Which like good improv work on his part. Although they had to have known that like DB hey, was it's, it's a good win. guess that Daniel's yeah. gonna win this. So you know, yeah, so good improv on that one. But then uh, Daniel Bryan thanks Sean for the HB Shizzle Award. Yeah, he has a good again validating this. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought maybe it could sound better coming out of Daniel Bryan. Nah, I still hate it. Fuck it. So Daniel Bryan is like, hey, if it wasn't for Shawn Michaels, I wouldn't be in the WWE. But also, if it wasn't for Shawn Michaels, I would be WWE champion yes. right now. Yeah, fuck but, you, Shawn. But Daniel is fuck you, Shawn. But Daniel isn't mad because the authority doesn't want him to be superstar of the year. But True. it is the people, you guys, who want who voted me to be superstar of the year, especially those of you here in Seattle. And everyone and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And then he, Daniel's like, he promises that 2014 will be an even better year for him, and he ends with go Seahawks, go Seahawks, yeah. yeah! The uh, crowd loses. But yeah, this I this this whole slammy thing does a lot for our met for our overall narrative of the show of like the WWE in and out of kayfabe might be done with Daniel Bryan, but the fans sure aren't. Yes. I have a I have a further kind of meditation on this toward the end of the show. But yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Daniel Bryan gets superstar of the year and all of a sudden like chugga 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 the train is in motion mm-hmm. to 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 put this man exactly where he belongs. Mm-hmm. Uh at and the they, top of the company. Yeah. 
and they do use this moment in like video packages for the whole feud of Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. They do use the moment of him being like superstar of the year, Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. No, like that's again the fact that this is like the fact that this is what actually like what was freely voted for is is such it, it's such good like you can't pay for that kind of storytelling it's so it's such perfect like um synergy between fan interaction and like good long-term storytelling that of course you got to milk that for everything it's worth mm-hmm. uh but yes then the next match of the show is Sin Cara versus Alberto Del Rio. Oh my God, we can't escape this match. Oh my God, I know. I was like, this seems familiar. Sin Cara comes out and I suddenly feel as though I can't trust anyone anymore after what you told me about Sin Cara last time. Yeah, my first note was not the Sin Cara mood lighting. Yeah, well, so that's the thing. So he comes out, he comes out before uh, DB gets announced for the winner and it cuts to like, it cuts to commercial and- Sinkara, so Sinkara and Del Rio did not make an entrance during commercial. So Sinkara just had to stand out there alone during the commercial break. The the fuck did he do? Mug to the crowd? He got no face. Admittedly, they probably would have just turned the house lights down in the middle of it. Like I've talked about this before, but like having gone to do tape it raw tapings what they like if they don't have some other thing going on in the in between commercial breaks what they do is they just turn off all the house lights and play wwe ads on the titantron so that's probably what happened like he probably didn't just stand there and play to the crowd he probably just stood in the ring in the dark Okay, that 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 makes a little more because I was like, how the fuck is Sinkara gonna play to the crowd? He's just gonna keep flipping the whole time, or like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, Del Rio makes his entrance, and they do a little uh, kind of like what we talked about. Um, I think it was the the hundredth episode. This kind of like little picture in picture promo earlier that day promo from Del Rio, and I, I was I was questioning which Sinkara this may or may not have been, uh, and then they didn't give him a counter promo to Del Rio. So I was like, oh, okay, he's not talking. This is OG. It's pro- it's, 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 <laughs> I, assume, I assume it's the original. I still, still, I feel as though I can't trust anyone now whenever Sin is on screen. Who is yeah. this man? Also, right. okay, so I looked this up because once again, we have a Sin match and the, 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 the ring gets bathed in yellow light. And I... This shit drives me crazy. He doesn't even, shit. he doesn't even, he doesn't even, his color scheme isn't even blue and yellow anymore. Yeah. Like it used to, co- like it used, it used it to be it. Yeah. It used to be that like, that was the color of his mask and his gear and it, and the mood lighting mats the color. Yes. But like he, but like I, that, that's fine. Cause I feel like he could still count like blue and yellow is his base color. He just seems like the type of guy who likes to switch mm-hmm. up uh, gear colors all the time. But like the thing for me is like, it still baffles me because holy shit, you have this man behind like a th- thick mask visor, colored mask visor, so no one can see that he got any eyes because he's supposed to be literally no face man. Yeah, his name and, is No Face. What he, he yes. can't, he, but gotta and, have a full mask. Yeah. So, but you bathe this, you bathe this shit in yellow light which is just going to make it harder for him to see and you how so why do this i looked this up 
I, I looked this up and I found on I found on Reddit. I don't know I don't know the veracity of this. It seems like a bunch of fan speculation. But the fan speculation that I saw was like they gave Sinkara this special lighting to make him feel like a super huge big deal, effectively so he could replace Rey Mysterio because this around the time where WWE was diagnosing Rey Mysterio with old. That checks out. They WWE is has always kind of been fascinated with the idea of like, we got to get a new Rey Mysterio, a new, a new draw for the Mexican Latin market. Why? I feel like a, that misses part of the appeal of Rey Mysterio. And like Sinkara could also have that same appeal. Cause like the other thing is like Rey Mysterio seems to be like really big with like kids. Like he's kind of like a superhero to a lot of the kids who watch the show, this immortal super, but like, but like, I feel like we're trying to replace him with another dude. It it could, but like you you just have Rey Mysterio right there. I know you think he's old, but he's still clearly quite capable and still clearly super fucking over. Why are you trying to replace him? And why are you trying to like signal the importance of his supposed replacement with yellow mood lighting? Like what? they can't just let it be like an organic, natural thing. They have to know. make this a big thing. They have to try to immediately make him the biggest deal possible. And it's made all the funnier by the fact the special lighting just makes him literally perform worse in ring, which doesn't help when he can't speak English. So all he's got is in ring. Yeah, and like, admittedly, when he hits shit, he hits shit well. When he made his entrance, he does this cool like fucking. He jumps to the middle rope and then like backflips back to the center of the ring. They that used to do like it. They used to do it even shit. cooler. They used to do it even cooler. They used to have like he had a trampoline in the front of the ring, and then so he would jump off the trampoline and they would film it in such a way it looked like he literally jumped over the top rope, That's and then so did the backflip. That's so sick. God damn. Yeah. Okay. So. That's that's I guess the deal with Sin Cara and that dumb fuck yellow lighting. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's here to face Del Rio, and the the match starts. Uh, apparently, um, uh, apparently, like, um, fucking uh, Sin Cara has his own comic book. Question yeah, mark? I mean, as much as we meme on how much of a complete and utter failure he was in yes. WWE. This it was a big deal when he signed to WWE because he was a genuinely big deal in Mexico, like Holy he shit. was a top guy in Mexico, and uh-huh. like the and so yeah he probably I wouldn't be surprised if he had comic books. I didn't verify that statement, but that checks out to me. Um, but the, and, and when, it, when, when the detail is shared that he has his own comic book, J, JBL comes in and says the. Th- the, the, so, because because like the comic book is mentioned to put over the fact that I guess Sin Cara is like super beloved. Especially yeah, JBL, JBL, uh, JBL, JBL says Cole, Cole brings it up. It says that like you know he's very big in Mexico. JBL's like what? No, no way. And Cole's yeah. like yeah he is. He's got his own comic book. That's how big and popular and beloved he is. Yes. And then yeah. JBL says the thing has his own comic book. Do you think he's loved? And at this point, like my brain turned to utter static as I was like trying I don't to know. parse what the I hell I don't know which is. thing I don't know which thing you meant, but you're wrong both ways. Yeah, I assume that's like the thing from Fantastic Four, but he doesn't really do standalones. He's part of, you know, the Fantastic Four. 
And then so Michael maybe Cole. so and then I thought maybe he's deep cutting the John Carpenter the thing comics except no way that movie is also extremely popular so yeah. no and like I don't know if you'd call the thing in that a he that's got to be like clobbering time thing also but yeah but and then Michael and then Michael Cole's Cole response like, is hilarious he goes the thing is imaginary <laughs> yeah he's like thing is imaginary sinkar is the real deal like he does yeah. not he's he does he doesn't know how to parse it either which okay yeah <laughs> I, i'm glad i'm not alone on this also but also i realized i remember forever ago like i think it was uh during like it might i don't know if it's during summer of punk but it was something involving punk and they were talking about the clobbering time catchphrase and i think we had heel cole at this point and cole i remember getting very confused and upset about oh the yeah, we, we, time. we did talk. We did. We I do remember this. Yes. So now that he's a face, he's finally learned about comic books, character arc. Yay! Baby. Also, I just realized I'm wearing a Marvel comic shirt while we're talking. Hey, about it. that's also the that. same shirt. That's also the same shirt you were in the front half. Nice. Hey, hey, keeping canon. Um, ah, continuity. I, I'm not. I'm not keeping, good at that. Keeping continuity. Um. Hey. Okay. So. Dan, also, uh, JBL says he has many trusted sources that tell him that under the mask, Sinkara is really ugly. And Cole is oh, like, yeah. oh, who's one of your sources? Zeb Coulter? <laughs> Dude, fucking, I forget. I always forget until I see him again that Zeb Coulter just legitimately, look, look I, don't, I don't believe in no phrenology or any cringy shit like that, but dear God, Zeb Coulter just really does look like the type of dude who earnestly believes all the really awful shit he says on mic. Yeah, to my knowledge, I don't know if he does. I don't think he does. Oh, he I thought, looks I thought like he was, the kind of guy. Oh, I low key thought they were like shooting. I thought he was low key like working. I have he's just like super fucking racist. I have no, I have no under, I have no knowledge of uh, yeah. Coulter's political views. So oh, okay. I guess I can say I, I can't confirm or deny. Confirm but he definitely okay, does. That he plays the part of looking and being this dude, that kind of dude, perfectly. Yes. But yeah, no, so, so, so yeah, Michael Cole goes, that's a nice, that's a nice argument, JBL, why don't you back it up with a source, and JBL's like, my sources that I made it the fuck up, as you, as you do. Um, uh, uh, and then, there, I also noticed there were like, there were like little Mexican flags. Yeah, uh, that was, that's, that was, that was hero, that was, that's the, Alberto Del Rio's been doing that because he is the hero that Mexico deserves. So he's bringing out the flags to cheap pander yeah wait, but here but like he's not the one holding them so they just get like to some poor page have to place them on top of the ring post in the meantime probably uh okay. then we come uh, back from yeah. commercial from this match and they show a clip from the from ad break and it reminded me that at this point in time you could watch matches yeah. mid commercial break on the wwe app uh one time they even ended a match in commercial break and they were like well you, if you tuned into the app you could have seen the end of the match <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna force you to give a shit about this app just all match endings now in the app oops all app. yep um, uh, uh also like there was this point where um i think it was just before break jbl like peaked the fuck out of his mic at one point like he just he screams into his mic and it peaks so bad and as someone who's not great at sound engineering i sympathize but also fuck jbl 
yeah uh so then so we we they start talking about the slammies again and they and the rock allegedly tweeting about that slammy win of his Mm -hmm. and uh they were talking about vicky who came out to give the award and um my and jbl goes i thought vicky looked very nice and michael Cole goes tonight uh tonight to which i wrote it's so weird how it's just normalized for the face commentators to call vicky ugly though i guess cole has to make up for jerry not being here to do that Oh, ooh. because like, yeah, every time Get Jerry up. Lawler talks about Vicky Guerrero as the face commentator is like, huh, isn't she so ugly and great? Isn't she an ugly old hag? And when you're a face, you can yeah. get away with anything. She's a heel, so we're allowed to just be her an to... ugly old hag. Yeah, and fuck that's that, fine. Fuck that bitch. She's she's mean to us, so we're we can we can we can say that she's a deformed witch. We don't we don't give a shit. Also. Uh, uh, on the on the thing you told me about Sinkara last time about him getting swapped out, I will say um, Michael Cole uh, says, um, or no, I think it was JBL says Sinkara has not been the same since losing the belt to Cena. This is a new Sinkara. Mm. Oh, I bet. It may, who? Maybe it is. Who, who could say? say? At the very least, it's great foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. It's at this point they reveal that like match of the year is the best picture of the slammies i guess which yeah so i guess that i guess i can see that argument yeah um, god it's so uh, fucking weird watching a lucha work rate match on wwe yeah i mean it's he tries uh yes that's another problem that Sinkara had is that he he's very much in deep in that lucha libre style shit but he yeah. didn't really have it but he wasn't like good at adapting to america and he didn't really have a lot of people he could work with that could do lucha with him but like, like Al- Del rio knows what how to do yeah it. ray knows how to do it yeah. most people don't know how to do it so the rio together like are really fucking good though they are they have great in-ring chemistry and like i i made a note of like yeah so far this match is like botchless it looks like also jbl asks if lawler is here like he was literally up on stage or, or did you not pay attention? What? Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a note of, the, I wrote, I can't tell if the crowd is chanting, this is awful, or chanting, this is awesome. Uh, I cannot I tell. I hope it was the latter. Or, like, yeah. all, I, all I heard was, this is aw. Like, I didn't pick out that last syllable. But I heard it, and I'm like, huh. I feel I feel like they were chanting awesome, because it was a good but, fucking work rate, yeah. man. But Sin Cara hits a top rope sunset powerbomb, and Dude, then he hits oh the swanton bomb and wins. The fucking Sin Cara ne- beat the, Alberto Del Rio. The fucking the fucking bump for Del Rio uh, out of out of that that sunset powerbomb that looked nasty. Del Rio came down hard on that. I was like, mm. fuck, that hurt. Uh, um, but it is funny. I made a note about this match just so far. Botulus, I forgot to knock on wood because when Sinkara went for the swan dot, he, he clearly he clearly shit. overshot him. He whiffed that shit so hard, dude. It's the like, camera saved him. I can't think, have, but the camera tell. did save him. The camera did save him. Like God damn, you can't have you can't have one, can you? Was, no, you were so close. Yep. So after the match, the primetime players come out to present the fan participation of the year award. The yes. difference between that and catchphrase of the year is that this is a chant, not a catchphrase, even though half of the ca- the chants were catchphrases. Yes. Who, also, what Darren do you know? is rightfully annoyed that, that, that primetime players is not nominated tonight. 
They are. They're like, don't we have a chant? Why are we doing this? Yeah, they do their dance and everyone does their millions dance. Of millions, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Yeah, that, was, that was great. I, I could get down with, with the PTP dance. No, chant, they're fun. Dance, the primetime players are always fun to me. Like They seem awesome. Yeah, but anyway, the nominees are fun. Dongoing. Yeah, they, so, okay. So this is the journey I went on. They cut to like videos that were yeah, taken right. quite literally all over the world and you know, fuck, I guess Fondangoing literally has taken over the world because every for, all these fucking interviews. Yeah, they so got like a subway, like what the hell? Yeah, so he debuted at WrestleMania against Chris Jericho. That was his first match. Uh, that was his then, first match. Yeah, and he beat Chris and he beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania oh. in his what first match. Fuck? What the what? This this goofy ass ballroom dancing mid Carter. Yep. Uh, but then the next the raw after WrestleMania, the crowd just starts doing this. Da 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 da. da, da. They go nuts. It goes. It it becomes like a viral social media meme for a hot week there. And then and then Jerry Lawler tries the next week. Jerry Lawler tries to lead the crowd in fondongoing, and the meme died right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was over. Lawler's like, I'm about to get end this man's whole career. Like WWE tried to be like, oh, let's 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 do the memes let's then. In. And they're like, okay, all right. And they stop and, and being cool as, now. We're done. As soon as- as soon as the old man Vince decides we're gonna lean in, all of a sudden it just radiates uncoolness. But yeah, for, for a solid for sleep. like for a solid week, Fondongoing was a genuine viral meme. Oh, uh, and then Jerry Lawler personally killed it. That's awesome. Yep. Then the other nominees are yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, the let's go Cena, Cena sucks chance. Yes. I always do appreciate them leaning into Cena's divisiveness. And then the, and then our truth what's up? Yes. What's, what's up? up? What's up? Yeah. No, no, no nominee for Oos. Uh y'all say Oos. Uh I we say you Oos. Uh, Oos y'all you say, say oh, oh. Oos, yeah. oh, Oos, oh. Yeah, I apparently very selective category fan engagement i guess and, and the winner is what else would it have been the yes chance yes yeah daniel bryan walks back out i wrote uh, daniel bryan like, cleaning up at the slammies i know this is his fucking lin-manuel miranda moment he goes he goes i'm at a bit of a db goes i'm a bit of, uh, i'm at a bit of a loss as to what to say so i guess there's really only one thing to say which is obviously super califragilisticexpialidocious but then he says uh, yeah. yes anyway yes 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 yes, yes. all right yes. the next match which is not predated by a a slammy award stuff is yes Brodus Clay versus Xavier Woods. Yeah, I was like, ooh, hi, Brodus. And then I was like, or no, I was like, oh, hi, Brodus. And then Woods came out. I'm like, oh, cool. Woods is here to kick his ass. Yeah, so and... I, didn't really talk, I didn't really talk about it in the front half because it's a super low-card story. But basically what's been going on is that Xavier Woods debuted on the main roster as kind of R-Truth bro. And R-Truth got Brodus Clay to, like, gift him the Funkadactyls and the theme and the entrance for the for his first match. Oh. And Brodus and then Brodus Clay got jealous because he's like, wait, do the fans like Xavier Woods more than they like me? 
What, that's what inspired what came next? What the fuck? Yeah, so then the, now they've been beefing. Uh, yeah. I made, no. I made a note of Michael Cole compares Brodus Clay to Vi Violet Beauregard as he comes out in this... That. Well, it's because when he, they come out in that bright blue jumper and he starts talking about the blueberry girl from Willy Wonka. Oh my god, like, that, that that would have been the, the, the Tim Burton one, because that's where she was wearing a fucking blue tracksuit. That's mm -hmm. funny. Michael Cole's yep. a fan of the, the Johnny Depp remake. You'll love to see ah, it. You're damn right they are. He is. Yeah, god uh, damn. Brodus kind of squashes Xavier here? Yeah, what the shit? Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Woods is here to kick Brodus Clay. No, Xavier Woods just get squashed, and I was like, what the hell? And then Brodus Clay just goes into a blood rage against xavier after winning he just starts a murder like he, he he got him with like some sort of like swanton or something to like get the dub and then he just fucking like bombs onto him again and again to the point mm -hmm. where like even his like fellow like dude out that's like in his corner and the funkadactyls are looking at him like what the yeah, hell yeah did, did you did you recognize his 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 tag team partner there i did not that's tenzai this That's is where Tenzai. this is where Tenzai is now. No. He has become the funny dancing man. Oh, this is what has become no. of him. Oh, how the mighty, the mightily stupid have fallen. Oh God. Yeah. So okay. So I guess Tenzai is is very taken aback. So, yeah. So I guess I guess Brodus Clay being slightly jealous of Xavier Woods' success with his like. With, with all of his, with all of Rhodes's aesthetic, makes him go into a blood rage and try to legitimately murder Xavier Woods and everyone who is like, whoa, whoa, what the hell? Hey, whoa, that? man, calm down. Yeah, so, okay, what the fuck, Austin? What What's happening here? Where does this lead? Listen, I forgot, I forgot all about this Brodus Clay heel turn shit, so I can't tell you where it goes. Probably this nowhere. Is, this is unhinged and Fuck Brodus Clay. This only gives me more fuck Brodus Clay ammo. Correct. Then out comes the Miz to present the insult of the year. Why the, is this on the main show? The nominees are AJ Lee's pipe bomb promo that I talked about before. God. I'm glad David got to experience some of it. Wasn't just me explaining it was this so weird cheap. pick me girl shit. Now it he gets so to cheap. see it. Yeah, it, she doesn't just like directly call them sluts. She makes all these like all these like innuendo references i can't remember what, what no nah, he it he, she caps it off with you're all worthless excuses for women and that Ooh. is reality that's awful honestly oh, the God. funniest part of this promo in retrospect is the bella twins who are okay so this this took place after a match so the whole total divas cast is is at the, in the ring or on ringside right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so while aj is just ranting at them like this the Bella Twins are from ringside yelling, say it to our face! Yeah. Like, <laughs> like she is? She's Dude, over okay. there? Yeah, no. This is this is definitely, like, I know the internet ate this shit up because incels on the they internet. All, all of on the, the internet, total divas like... suffered from the invisible wall and couldn't just go do something about AJ ranting at them on the stage. Well, no, she's got a scary new finisher now called the Black Widow because she's evil. You don't want to contend with that. But yeah, I do appreciate that, like, even though the internet ate this shit up, AJ has been played as the heel and that all the total divas no. look just 
correctly annoyed. Yeah, she th- is. That she AJ is hundred percent being taken. She is hundred percent the heel character of this storyline. It's yeah. just that the internet ate it up because it the, it the internet for what all they like, wanted to hear. Hey, reality shows are for girls, as if they're not like watching this the like testosterone version of a reality show every week. Right. Uh, then the other nominees are Zeb Coulter's General Racism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it wasn't one no promo in particular. Now. It was just Zeb Coulter. It was just Zeb Coulter saying slurs. They're like, hey, you remember all those times Zeb Coulter basically said the N-word? Yeah, we're just going to nominate him for that shit. Uh, Paul Heyman calling CM Punk a pathetic loser and co-opting the phrase the best in the world. He started doing that after the Night of Champions match where it was Curtis Axel and Paul Heyman beat CM Punk. So he yeah. was like, I beat CM Punk there, which debatable. Like, yeah. yes, all oh, God, paper, fucking, but you know. Fucking also, fucking, fucking also, uh, when they were doing the Zeb Coulter nomination, when they when they listed him off, you know, they'd have a bunch of clips for, for all these nominations. And at one point I saw Cesaro holding the fucking libertarian flag in the middle of the ring, and I think he threw up in my mouth a little. Holy shit. Yeah, they, yeah, they they got that. They they've been using the don't tread on me. Of course they have stuff. Uh, but this Paul Heyman started calling himself the best in the world <laughs> because he uh, beat punk. And then, uh, and then Stephanie McMahon emasculating the big show and then proceeding to fire him. They didn't get to that part, but that's what that promo was. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. She like slaps him multiple times. It was like, what am I watching right now? This feels dirty. Yeah. And then, uh, the uh stephanie wins the end to which jbl goes that was awesome i enjoyed that a lot to which i wrote yeah i'm not surprised outright bullying would be something jbl likes yeah uh, which, but also why the fuck did stephanie win this how did she win this because i feel like because boo stephanie's a bitch so we're gonna it, vote for her but we're giving her an award for it guys for being, we're giving her an award for being a bitch to which she like, is also but she's like, this is good because you all recognize this. That, that was best for business. That's why I yeah. want to walk a walk. There's also like barely any crowd reaction from her. It's like dead ass silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next match uh, is CM Punk versus Dean Ambrose. But before we get to that, WWE is is hyping their DVD upcoming of like a history of WWE. Oh, yeah. DVD, to which I took issue with them calling themselves a small regional promotion. Uh, I took issue I with that because about that. tech in the, in, in, you know, compared to where they are now. Sure. Yeah. But let's, th- let's look at the NWA territory map and mm-hmm. WW, the WWWF, the worldwide wrestling federation, uh, their territory goes, they were the primary wrestling company from new hampshire to maryland ah uh, yes with, so with the small. exception of the nwf in like upstate new york and buffalo new york the wwf was the main promotion in the new york market the boston market the baltimore market the washington dc market the pittsburgh market the philadelphia market like fuck off yeah that, that is that is an underrated element of like how did Vince win? 
right? Like a lot of us put on the fact that Vince was a ruthless, cunning, and ultimately good businessman, which he was. Yes. And a lot is also put on the fact that the territory, half the territories were run by incompetent idiots, which also <laughs> true. Also uh, true. But, but like a part that people never really consider is that the WWF's market share, especially in terms of like major media markets, was immense. They were arguably like based on media reach, they were arguably the most powerful individual territory at the time. They had a lot of resources to work with that allowed them to expand. So yeah. I think that's a that forgotten part. It's it's a forgotten part of the story that like Absolutely. they the entire Northeast media market, which is in the United States a significant part portion of highly populated cities in America. Yes. That yeah. was all WWF territory. Yeah, Vince be like, oh boy, here I go revising history again. <laughs> uh, all right, back. All right, back to the match. Then I wrote future AEW World Title match. <laughs> uh, yes, and Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Hmm. hmm. Where have I seen this before? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, we get uh we uh, Ambrose uh, we we start off with Ambrose working the ribs. He does. That is he is he is targeting CM Punk's ribs cuz you get it cuz he got speared by Mr. Reigns, so his his yes. his, his 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 ribs are all hurty. Yes, apparently a single spear from spear from Roman Reigns is enough to like just brutally bruise your ribs and they kind of put over later that like man, if you get a second spear from Roman Reigns, oh, you're, you're just done. You're, You're done. Just you don't exist anymore. Hey you're man, that's that's the that was the maneuver of the year. It better be powerful. Better Ooh be powerful. ah. Ooh ah. Uh, we gotta we gotta push Roman straight to the top, straight to S tier, baby. Yeah. Kind of the most interesting part of the match is that Dean Ambrose specifically told Rollins and Reigns like, "Do not interfere. I'm doing it on my own." Well, yeah, it's interesting because because commentary mentioned something about like it's unusual for the Shield to come to the ringside for an individual member's matches, but Rollins and Reigns are here for some reason. But Ambrose is just like, no, stay the fuck out of this. So I don't know what. Again, I assume they're going for like that subtle push toward them breaking up, yeah, uh, cohesive sort of thing. Yeah, I mean they add that to later in the match. Um, uh, ba uh I mean, basically, Punk is able to hit ambrose get hit hurt his ribs by making him go rip like shult first into the um into the ring post and he's and that's how he kind of gets back in the match and there are multiple instances where punk is on the outside and the shield stalks over and just stands there over him. dude there's this great visual of like punk gets thrown to the outside and he's on like one side of the ring uh, on the corner to his left is. Oh yeah, because he dived. Colin. He dived down at Ambrose. So Ambrose is down. Punk yeah. is standing over him in the Punk's middle. Down. Yeah, and uh, but on either side, on on to his left is 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 Rollins, and to his right is Reigns. And we get this sick visual of the two of them, two of them staring him down, and Punk kind of looking between them. And they cut the commercial on that. I'm like, what? Why would you not let us see what comes next, you bastards? Yeah. Uh, so as we're the getting down to the end of the match, Punk goes for the GTS, but Ambrose gets out of it. And I wrote, Ambrose hits the Death Rider. I mean, the float over butterfly suplex. Yeah, that It's thing. the same setup as the Death Rider, but he just throws him backwards, not into the ground. Yeah. Um, there's this, there's this moment where like, 
punks up on the uh, up on like the, the the top of the ring post, and Ambrose goes up to meet him, and like punks trying to throw him. Ambrose is trying to throw Punk, and there's some dude in like the front row who is just like the only person in the front row, like standing up for, and he's like freaking out at the possibility of Punk getting thrown to the top. This dude, there's just this one dude who's on his feet screaming like, "No, no, no!" Yeah. I hope, you, <laughs> I, I hope you were thought, having fun, my man. I I almost thought that was like an audience plant thing, like so, some shenanigans was about to go down. Nah, it's just some guy who's really in the tank for Punk, which you know, fair enough. But fair, but, all right. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so Punk goes gets thrown to the outside later in the match. The Shield stare him down again, and Ambrose at that point is like, "Hey, mm-hmm. back off, guys! I told you." And Rollins and Reigns are like, "Okay, we'll back off, all right. We're just gonna leave." They are yeah, walking after. But why were you here in the first place? You never okay, whatever. And then Punk hits the GTS for the win. Uh, yes. It is despite the fact that Ambrose is the one member of this team who is still the champion. He is the United States champion. Mm-hmm. He is also the guy who eats a lot of pins right now. Great. That's so weird. And then the Punk, the Shield look like they're going to get back in the ring and kick Punk's ass. He tries to be ready for it, but then Uwah gets hit with a spear. They grab Ambrose and get He's and get bad. out of Dodge. Yeah, they're all they're all super. The the shield is not happy with one another one another right now. Is that a malfunction I smell in the air? Uh so yeah. Get ready. Oh, it's it's a it's a coming. Five months from now. We gotta do a little bit of build up, but it's a coming. Yeah, so uh, then after the match, we get this big video package highlighting all the different world champions in history and how much the belt means to them. It was pretty cool. That was that was honestly a really sick. Um, that was a really sick retrospective on the belts. And fuck, I can't remember if it was here or if it was somewhere earlier, and I missed it. But it was really funny because at the um, when the when the episode started, uh, I commented kind of to myself about um, the, which version of the opening bumper we were doing, and it, it's like it, it's it's I can't remember like what one it was exactly. But it was kind of like a quick kind of flip through of a bunch of shit and then it's like wwe mm-hmm. and i was like i'm kind of sad it's not like the uh no it was the then now for the the one we started with was the then yeah now the, by now they're doing then uh, now forever then, but um i was like oh i'm sad it's not the 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 one you know like the if the yes sir we probably the one i can quote yeah if you smell yeah i i i, yeah. Do, I have come to quite enjoy that one but i think during it was either during this re- belt retrospect no, 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 no! It was something earlier, I think. Um, did the uh, did that same thing? Oh, it was, the, it was the DVD. It was the DVD. Yeah, the DVD uh, because for, because they get to eighty five, no. he goes, "Welcome to WrestleMania." It's so funny because they go through every single one of those sound clips. It's just expanded way out because they do the "Yes, sir, we promise you a great belt." You, we do the "Welcome to WrestleMania." We do the "If You Smell." All the other ones that I can't remember. Those are the three that I always remember from the. But like. They do all of those. They just expand it out a lot more. So that did that come before? Was that bumper already a thing before? Did it or was it coming? Yeah, this is, yeah, we're yeah we're done with that bumper now. We're done with like that bumper. But don't they use the version it. of it nowadays too? Am I crazy? They they use a sort of different one where they have more like clips. They use they do clips again and they do like a few sound bites, but it still ends with then now okay. forever. Because I, I remember because I remember like. 
when the the Ric Flair Dark Side of the Ring episode came out, hearing that they like removed the Ric Flair woo from the thing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So so yeah, I feel like they're they're back to doing a version of that. But yeah, so it was it was, it was cool to see. But yeah, really solid retrospective on the belts. That was just kind of sick. Uh, and now Mick Foley is here. Yes. Yeah, because we're who else would we get for the most extreme moment of the year? Literally nobody. Only McFoley uh, can present this. McFoley, McFoley hits the cheap pop, which is what he calls whenever he name drops wherever they are. He, yes. he, he does the cheap right here in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. And then he pops in with Daniel Bryan has two slammies and is marrying Brie Bella. He can leave my cheap pop alone. <laughs> I was wondering what the hell that meant. That was awesome. Well, yeah, because um, Daniel Bryan did the cheat pop earlier when he accepted yeah. Superstar of the Year, and he's I like, "Hey, like hey. I feel like you get a pass when you're the hometown boy, though." But, I, but Mick Foley, now nah, Mick Foley trademarked that shit. You got to pay him royalties, all right? No, um, yeah. apparently Mick Foley does stand up and also comic books. Uh, I don't know enough about his comics, but yeah, he does stand up comedy. It's mostly like him. It's most. It's more like stand up road stories which are entertaining, but they are not he, like, he is not what you would think of as a, as a stand-up, stand-up comedian. Comic. Like but when you think of like, like what sick they though. do. Yeah. It'd be cool to go to one of his shows. He he's actually, he's coming to motor city comic con um, mm-hmm. this year. And I'm very excited. I got, I got to meet McFoley. Um, mm-hmm. Also McFoley in a tux feels weird. Yeah, so the nominees for most extreme moment of the year are the Shield when they murderize the Undertaker on SmackDown. Yes. yes. Uh, Ryback throwing John Cena through the Raw stage. I remember that. That was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Honestly, CM Punk climbing the cage to go beat Paul Heyman with a kendo stick, and the Wyatts beating Kane up at SummerSlam and kidnapping him. Uh, the winner of the match, the winner of Extreme Moment of the Year is CM Punk, which isn't totally surprising to me because it is the only moment where a babyface beats up a heel. This is fair, but like we got to give the f- I after the weird shit that was the insult, uh, the insult award. I feel I feel better giving giving this one to a face. Um, yeah. So while out. Punk is while Punk is coming out, JBL tries to argue that Paul Heyman is also should win this award. And because he, because he's like, he will, he climbed up the cage and Michael Cole's like, he, he went up on a forklift. No, he didn't. And the JJ, this was an extreme forklift. forklift. Pain, nothing but pain. Yeah. I wrote that quote down too. And then CM Punk with the best nominees. Oh yes. Give the CM Punk line. uh, The CM Punk of the best quote. I think of this entire acceptance speech process. I feel strange accepting any award while not wearing pants. Are you kidding? That's the only way to accept an award. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Power moves. Uh, I was saying I got a shout out to the fact that, like, in the in the beginning, not not only is it like it. I I said I said it was it was strange to see Mick Foley wearing wearing a tux for all the like pop and circumstances of an award show. I will say though, leave it like the the speech that Foley gives before like listing off the nominees. Goddamn, leave it to Mick Foley to actually make this goofy slammy shit feel prestigious legitimately mm-hmm. i was actually like like for a moment he suckered me in to fe- his speech suckered me into feeling this is an actual award show and i was like you know what fully you're right it is it, it is the mark of a true great to to be able to have an extreme spot 
Uh, and this is something that we should recognize in real. Whoa, whoa, what am I saying about the Slammy Awards? What the? Oh, no. Yeah, no. Leave it to Mick Foley to actually make that. God, he rules. I fucking love Mick Foley, dude. Holy shit. Oh, God. So, uh, but another match time. Usos yeah, it's the Michael. Usos versus the Wyatt family. This is this uh, this oh, match felt. Oh, oh. I didn't have a ton of notes for this match. Um, no. It felt kind of like. Kinda they, like cruiser giant match is basically yeah Usos Us and wyatt family and in going into 2014 will have a ton of great matches together this feels like a precursor to that Ooh. um uh i noted bray wyatt chilling in the rocking chair this is why he still had the rocking chair yeah okay they do blackouts ahead of like wyatt yeah. entrances right because no yeah, fucking the full, the way proper, yeah the proper wyatt entrance is it goes that blackout then they cut to the screen and and wyatt has his lantern and he goes we're here and then they come out onto the stage with an with the lanterns in the so dark. at what point does that rocking chair get brought out while they're I, going i assume behind them in the dark yeah that's yeah that's got that's gotta be it right because like i i just have this great visual of wyatt having to like Tr trudge to the ring with with the rocking chair in hand looking no. so i just love that he just like sits there in that rocking chair on the ramp though it's so iconic yeah uh it he would have that rocking chair until he feuded with the undertaker and the undertaker summoned lightning and blew it up and then, hey what the fuck that would be the end of the rocking that. chair that rocking chair has just been like a rocking chair to me hey hey uh, yeah yeah, the riot, the Wyatts win when Luke Harper uh, lariats oh. one of the Usos' heads clean off. Yes, clean <laughs> off, and he just he just fucking just fucking lays over him. His, the wide crazy eyes. God fucking damn, Luke Harper ruled, dude. Oh my yeah. god, I love and him. And so then, as we get yet another uh, Michael Cole reading Bray Wyatt tweets, he loves <laughs> he loves reading Wyatt's cryptic bullshit on Twitter. Um, what does it mean? Today's, Michael today's, Cole's in the forums trying to decode. <laughs> today's quote was: "A man who won't die for something isn't fit to live." Hashtag, I'm 14 and this is deep. Hashtag follow the buzzards. That's yeah, that, that's yeah, that's actually where where Wyatt posts most of his shop is r slash on fourteen in this. He work he workshops it and is like, yeah, that's, all right, yeah, we got it. We got to uh, find the Goldilocks between like be, between like two fourteen and deep and not fourteen deep enough. Like we got we got to find just the perfect perfect middle ground, baby. Yep. Uh, then Booker T and and Jerry introduced the uh purse the intro the um uh presenter for the final award of the night. Uh, Booker T yes. hits. The best there is, the best there was, best the best there, was, there ever the will there be, ever and will there be. is no pop for it. I was like, I know. Oh. It like, sounded it like felt... some people were like chanting along with it, but yeah, it was a weird like. I was expecting the roof to come off a little bit, but, but yeah, it's nah. Bret Hart. It's Bret yeah, Hart. It's he is here yeah, to be match of the year. Uh, Bret Hart says that he that he among his many honors, he cherishes winning match of the year the most, which is a hundred percent a Bret Hart thing to say. That is a very Bret Hart thing to say. Also, shout out to the guy in the audience who you could hear yelling, "Give us one more!" No, man, Bret Bret Bret's he had done. he had the stroke. Can't you really wrestle anymore. Fucks. You do not. Fucks. Yeah. Uh, um, also, I, I also have to shout out the fact that even JBL is like, okay, yeah, it's pretty sick that Brett's here. <laughs> like, even, yeah. even Ultimate Bastard JBL is like, okay, yeah, fine, this is pretty cool. 
Yeah. So the nominees are The Undertaker versus CM Punk at WrestleMania 29, The Brotherhood versus The Shield at Battleground, Triple H and versus Brock Lesnar in a steel cage at Extreme Rules, and yeah. The Rock versus John Cena at WrestleMania 29. Dude, fucking uh based Dusty helping out his his sons against the Shield by the way. We get a great clip of mm-hmm. like Dusty whipping Dean Ambrose in the head with his belt. That was awesome oh yeah that match was fantastic uh, the I, yeah, winner I at some point the winner of the match is john cena versus the rock to which yeah. i booed loudly because that match oh. sucks oh it did I, oh I the video that. package actually made it look like pretty sick you see it would be fine in a highlight five minute highlight package but you need to understand it was basically like 30 minutes of finish spams it was terrible and everybody knew who was gonna win like 28 I, some people also say the wrestlemania 28 match is bad no you're wrong that match is awesome uh but Austin got some thoughts but like the rock beat cena at the last wrestlemania and in this yeah. match the rock is the wwe champion it's a wwe championship match cena's winning so the, yeah. everybody knew who was winning and the match was just a lot of like hitting each other's finishers until somebody wins and i'm like oh okay this is that's unfortunate because it did look sick and like you know what a great way for the rock to officially pass the torch onto like the guy that part that part's fine i that's that's pretty cool but like the mat the match itself i don't like it it's not okay that's 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 fair uh and when and when brett announces the win uh he said i'm pretty sure he pronounces john cena as john senior like, like, there's a fucking tilde on the end and senior's name. It's God. Now I'm doing it on Cena's name. Yeah, my Juan Cena, my favorite luchador. And yep. as soon as soon as I as soon as I wrote down Juan Cena, my favorite luchador, I stopped and I was like, why can I like unironically see Cena doing something like that at some point in his career? Hey, hey, he he played Juan Cena allegedly. Juan Cena. What? When he was when he was kayfabe fired because of the Nexus shit, oh my they didn't want to take Cena off of house shows, so they just put Cena in a mask and put him in all his regular other gear. Yeah, and he so called him Juan Cena. Juan Swan Juan Cena, my favorite luchador. Yeah. Um, oh my god. So, uh, the, the Cena Rock wins. Cena comes to accept the award. You, what what you what would you expect? Um, yeah, walkity, walkity, walk. Then the final match of the show, Natalia versus Tamina. Natalia comes out, and you can guess because she came out before the award announcement. The, yes. the award announcement. She goes over and hugs her uncle Brett, her most Man. important familial relation. It's she's so lucky to have her famous uncle in her corner and nobody else of prominence. This yeah. shit never gets old. Uh, it so, never gets old. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Nat, it's Natty and Tamina. Real quick match. Natty uh, yeah. knocks and I was, I was expecting this to be trying to interfere. I was expecting this to be AJ mm-hmm. versus Natalia since that was a, I was like pleasantly surprised by the non-repetitive booking of have it be Tamina instead of AJ in the lead up to. No, nah, bro, to we got to save it for the pay per view. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Okay, okay, okay. Would you ever put it past the Fed to be like, yeah, let's just run, let's just run the match a couple days early before we like do it for real, like. I was no. fully, I was like, oh, this is gonna be one of those mad. But no, it was Tamina instead. That was that was a nice surprise. Yeah, Natty wins, beats Tamina with her uncle Brett's sharpshooter. And yeah, Jesus right. Christ. Even like f- 
fucking Natalia's weirdly good at the sharpshooter. Tamina's not nearly as strong as she looks, because goddamn, that match lasted for five minutes. And then Tamina tap. Also, shout out to the fucking We Want page sign that I saw during the match. Haven't we seen something like that before? Probably, but yeah. NXT. 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 We got the NXT marks in the house. Um, oh, there! this is a smarky crowd. And there's a sign in the main event that I got a fucking... I'm gonna I fucking comment I, to you yep, about. I think, I think I think I took note of the same sign you're talking about. <laughs> this is a crowd of internet marks. I'll tell this you is that a right crowd now. Of fucking smarks. I did. Yup. Yup. Okay. We're gonna. Yup. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So cool. after the match, we get to it's the ascension ceremony, and I wrote the last time you will see the WWE title in the world title in the ring together. Deeply Looks ironic like- because you want to know what the unified t- championship looks like? One guy carrying both belts. Really? They don't That's make so- a new belt. What? They just carry both belts. Are you kidding me? See, it was funny because I because because earlier when they said this is the last time you'll see these two belts together, I, I was I was gonna be snarky and be like X to doubt on that one. But then I thought about it, I'm like, no, wait, no, they do unify the belts, and then when they get split up, the other one's not like the heavyweight belt, it's just the SmackDown belt. So I was like, okay, yeah, so no, do, this what they, actually is the last time. No, okay, I guess they're just I guess they just they when they unify when they still. unify the belts you carry both belts until eventually they just stop showing the world heavyweight title and they only carry the WWE title. They just decide one day I don't feel like picking this one up anymore. <laughs> Main belt it is. Yep. That's so in the ring are 20 former WWE and world champions, including such truly great champions as the great Kali, Dolph Ziggler, and Jack Swagger. I literally, I made note of all the same three people. (laughs) They are the most, you do not belong here. I, I I noticed I noticed Ziggler and I was like, wait, wait, Ziggler's been a world chip. What? What? And then and then it pans around a little more, and I was like, wait, Jack Swagger is here too. He's he he belongs in this crowd. And then I like and then after seeing him for like the fifth time, it finally registered to me that the fucking great Kali was on screen. And I was like, who? Who let you in here? I didn't think you were allowed to 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 be in things like this. You are like the lowest of low mid cards. Yeah, oh they, they were just they did the world heavyweight championship has a lot of champions that probably should never be considered. Man, they couldn't get they couldn't get Rock to show up tonight, so they're like, all right, fuck it, we gotta fill space as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the. The uh the, the ceremony starts with Triple H bloviating about how great and honor it is to be a world champion. And I care about as much as this crowd did, who immediately yeah. started huge Daniel Bryan chants. Oh and yeah, so, so it Brian's fucking begins. There. Yeah, Brian's Brian's out there. The crowd is going nuclear for 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 Daniel Bryan. Okay, so so here's here's why I gotta get into this a little bit. Um because this they had this shit take place in Washington. DB is the hometown boy and everybody knows it. So this 
this has to be the Fed leaning in, right? They they had to have known if they were going to do this shit in Washington, this is what would happen, right? I would like to think they were at least somewhat aware it could happen. And it's like, they tease things that they're not going to build on. Like, I'll just go ahead and spoil the TLC match. They talk about John Cena being like, I promise you're going to get a world title match if I win. He John Cena does not win. So that Cena-Brian match never happens. It's just oh. there for Cena to look like a good guy, to be like, I promise you a world title match. Like, they weren't, they talk about stuff in this segment. They're not, they have no intention of, like, play, building up, paying off. So... I feel like they just didn't give a fuck what might happen out there. So at this point, the trajectory still hadn't changed, despite the fact that they're doing the slamming in Washington and Daniel Bryan won two major slammies on TV and had the whole crowd go, what the fuck? Daniel Bryan's still not going to be in the Royal Rumble. The plans have not changed at all. What the fuck? Oh yeah, the fuck the rumble hasn't happened yet. Oh no. What? Oh my god. So the literally, this is this is the higher-ups looking directly at the fans, screaming Daniel Bryan's name, and then just being like no heart emoji. Oh my god. Holy shit. Yeah, so the, this is the WWE universe practically giving them no choice but to lean yeah. in. Yeah, Triple um, H has to like pause for a whole like minute. He looks terribly not pleased about that. Sean Sean no, Michaels, he looks Sean Michaels kind of like comes back. I'm fucking like, if you could hear my voice, clap once, ass. He's yeah, like, he's like, calm down. And then I know that like as Sean is doing that, Mark Henry decides to go rogue. He lifts Daniel Bryan's arm up, and the crowd goes harder. Yeah, isn't isn't Henry supposed to be a heel? He just he just goes for it. He don't care. He don't yeah, give a so shit. Which triple, which base? Uh, Mark Henry knows all about what it's like to be deemed as not valuable to this company. So he's here, he's here to uplift everyone else that to suffer a similar Daniel, fate to what Dan, he did. Triple H just desperately is trying to shout over the crowd noise. It's not working. So he um, just sits there in silence for like a minute. Also, Daniel I, Daniel Bryan is laughing his ass off at this. DB looks so he just looks so genuinely like touched by all of this. Also, they 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 get they pan across this the, the crowd while they're just like going off for DB. I did notice someone had a sign that put Triple H's head on on like police Cartman going respect my authorita. That <laughs> that's, that's that's good. That was that was a that was a good one. Um so the, the crowd eventually dies down enough for, for Triple H to, to start talking again. And yeah, Triple, Triple, H, H, Triple, H, Triple H, H pops in. He's not mad at all. Triple H pipes in. That's a lot of family for one building, Daniel. I should have known. Goes, a lot of them look just like you. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, a lot of family for one building, Daniel. Incest. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Triple H, they, they're really pushing this champion of champions moniker, which is funny because they will never use it again after we're done. Oh my god, they're so like this, bad at planning and payoff in this era, dude. Holy no, shit. No, they're they're they never use this shit. Uh so after Triple H is done just talking about the importance of the title, whatever, I don't care. Also, he's uh, getting a chance and it's fucking annoying. Yep, it's hilarious. This is what I pick this episode for is yes. the crowd derailing the fuck out of this entire segment. 
it's so perfect and and i have one more note on that at the very end because holy shit um yeah the fucking the 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 way the crowd just hijacked i assumed they i thought at this point the fed kind of recognized what they had on their hands hell no oh my god this is this is insane and again the slammies where db cleaned up provided such an uh, and apparently the non-rigged slammies this is like the perfect storm of like you can't pay for this type of for this type of like uh putting over this is fully organic staring the fed directly in the face and the fed just getting more and more impotent in the face of it oh my god yeah this is why i picked this episode is is the first episode i picked because it sets up a lot of it sets up the narrative like the villain motives and the narrative and the overall narrative of the story about daniel bryan being a b-plus player and blah 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 Mm -hmm. i picked this episode to emphasize about this is a pre this is a precursor to the royal rumble fiasco that's about to happen of that basically amounts to the wwe wants so badly to do one thing this whole store segment is to hype up randy orton versus john cena for the 11 billionth time and honestly it kind of got me actually when we get through like what cena's promo yes oh yeah but the crowd does not care they don't care about any of this they want daniel bryan and that is why this story doesn't didn't end in October because the crowd didn't want to give up on Daniel Bryan. That's so that's so fucking cool, dude. This is the the success story of Daniel Bryan truly is like mm-hmm. one of the coolest stories in all of wrestling history and this this episode here is it's art on a le- on like a level that only wrestling can be art. The mm-hmm. audience actively pushing the tide of the story in a different direction. Oh my god. Yeah, it mm-hmm. rules. Uh, but yeah, so the ascension ceremony itself, Cena comes out with the with the heavyweight belt, Orton comes out with the world belt. You know, fuck dude. The modern belt design is so so goddamn slick for the world belt. It is. It looks- and like, look, I love me the ever divisive spinny boy, but like nothing, nothing looks like that modern design. It's the so WWE good. title looks slick as fuck. The only real bad part about it is how they've now like used that design for like four other belts in the company. Yes, like, but I don't like I don't the WWE universe, like the WWE, the universal, the raw women's and the SmackDown women's titles all have the exact same uh, for, uh, template. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I honestly don't hate it. I, I, I quite mm-hmm. enjoyed the, that belt, and I appreciate that it's kind of like unified across. It's slick. Nothing. There's no belt in wrestling that kind of looks like that design. It's, mm-hmm. it's super. It's super fucking cool. Uh, and it, which is, it makes the design of the heavyweight champ belt really funny because the heavyweight champ belt just looks like the archetypal belt shape that like everyone fucking mimics in this day and age yeah because they're because they're mimicking the wcw world title belt which yes which is what that's what they're pulling from oh yeah the heavyweight title was an evolution of the wcw belt yeah it it is not it doesn't have the same lineage they pretend it does they pretend they they share a lineage with the wcw and the nwa titles but no they don't uh (laughs) but 
Like in as much as any fake title belt lineage is a real thing. No, yeah, they're separate. So you have like the most unique and the least unique belt in the in the in the in the biz mm-hmm. in 2013 in the same fucking. Yeah, so they belt. have they have both men to like put the belts on a thing because like it's this is the thing they're gonna like because it's a TLC yes. match they're gonna climb a ladder and take the belts off of the top off of the from a behanging above the ring. So the yeah. ceremony they're gonna hang them up and carry it up to the top. You know, it's yeah. They so they they hang it on like this 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 nifty slick little Hanger. golden contraption. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is where I saw the sign that we both noticed that goes to that someone fucking holds up a sign in the front row that reads Okada is greater than Cena. Holy fuck! No! <laughs> like 2013 was holy if shit. You, if you knew, you knew. And a lot of people did know, but like this is pre Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom was like the a real breakthrough point for like people in America knowing what the fuck New Japan Pro Wrestling is. Mm. Uh, so NJPW is in the early stages of their own revival. Uh, Okada yeah. has been has beaten Tanahashi at this point. He's he's come back as the rainmaker, the top star of the company. It's mm. a timely reference. But also, I was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck is an NJPW mark doing in this crowd? Oh my god! No, the, these people are smarking out. It's great. So yeah, fantastic. Uh, so that that was a great sign. I, also, oh, while they were also while they were putting the belts on, is when like the Daniel Bryan chance came back. Like yes, the crowd yeah, calmed those... down from the beginning, but now they're back. Let's go. We're they're we're back. coming back. Yeah. So so. Orton ignores this and he starts he starts going on. He's like, you know, I'm the I'm the best whatsoever, and I've I've beaten so many of these motherfuckers on this stage right now. Honestly, uh, I really I wrote down a lot of Orton's promo because I liked a lot of it actually. I, I did too. I did too. Orton says he knows what Cena is capable of, but he also knows what he isn't capable of. And Randy's like, I remember back when you first came out, you said you had ruthless aggression. Well, if you had it then, you don't have it now because if you did you would have put me in the hospital. You would have made sure I couldn't make it to TLC. And this is when boring chants start popping up. I know. And, and Orton got a lot. No, Uh, but this crowd does. This crowd don't give a fuck. They're 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 Orton has to start shouting over the crowd as well. Um, Orton is like, I'm not late. I'm not lazy. Like you, you think I am John. I, I have the right motivation for this. I got it. And he denies that. And he's like, Cena, you claim that you don't care about being the face of anything. That's a lie. Image is everything to you. And what's your image going to be when you lose the most important match in WWE history? Then the yes chance start popping back in. Uh, he's, just, Orton, he's trying to power through, man. Yeah, <laughs> Orton, Orton is just powering through. We got to just keep going. Just keep uh, going. He is like, he is the greatest wrestler in this or any generation. He brings up how when he fought Mick Foley, he took years off of Foley's life. Yeah, how- he, said, he says, I took years off Foley's career. And, and it cuts to Mick Foley in the, in, in the crowd of, of former champions. And Foley just kind of like good-naturedly nods and is like, yeah, he did. 
You made the point. He's like, how I embarrassed Sean over the years. And I love this part. He's like, and Bret Hart, if I was wrestling in 97, there wouldn't have need to have been a Montreal screw job because I would have just put you in the ground. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, and then this is when I noted the Okada is greater than Cena sign. Uh, after that, John Cena grabs the microphone and he pulls Daniel Bryan to the front. <laughs> And the and crowd the- goes feral. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cena, he goes, oh, yes, here. Uh, how would you tell him your name, kid? And he goes, I'm Daniel Bryan. Yeah! yeah. And, and then uh, Daniel, he, John Cena's, where are you from? And he's like, Aberdeen, Washington. Yeah! Foley's in the back going, that's my cheap pop, you son of a bitch. And then Cena asks, hey, was, was your mother or father a, uh, a WWE superstar? Mother, father, what, any of that? And then Brian goes, no, my dad was a log scaler, actually. And Cena goes, well, so I guess you could say then that means you must have worked for everything you ever, you got here. Yes. And Daniel Bryan just goes, yes, yes, yes. And like, and like uh, you know, this is Cena transitioning back into like, you know, calling Randy a Nepo baby and going back. But like, mm-hmm. goddamn, you know, I, I know, I know it's divisive for a reason. If I were a fan back in these days and it was, this was all Cena all the time, I would have mm-hmm. probably not liked the guy as much. But watching this just like in chunk, my man is such a good sport. He, I don't know if like mm-hmm. him pulling Daniel Bryan over was planned or not, or if that was him going rogue too. I feel like, like, I feel like they probably planned that part. That's just by this point, the crowd has also gone rogue. <laughs> so yes. the crowd, the crowd, the crowd, he's, he's just feeding off. He's, he's, he's just giving them what they want. Uh, incidentally mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, no, but like such a good sport. Just giving that spotlight to DB one more time in the middle of his like big TLC promos. Yeah, so like, so, yeah, that, that's just nice to see. What a, yeah, what a, what a, what a guy. Yeah, Cena uses Daniel Bryan as a way to contrast to Randy Orton and his path. Mm-hmm. And Cena goes, I'm going to hit you in the face with some truth. And he basically is like, when you came here, when you in the performance center, everyone protected you. And when you yeah. got up to WWE, you were protected by the most powerful man in the business, referring to Triple H in, Triple as H, evolution. Yeah. And he's like, your whole career, you have hid behind Triple H and you've hid behind Stephanie McMahon. And you got the balls to say that you're the best that you're bigger than all of this and Dan, CM, Cena shooting from the hip. You've had problems in the, you had behavior problems in the ring. You've had behavior problems out of the ring. Ooh. Yeah. That was a good line. For which him. by the, which by the way is when I talk about that is that they don't be changed their policy on drug strikes yes! to save Randy Orton. Because what happened was it used to be three, I guess it still is three strikes and you're out. And Randy Orton got the two strikes. He got busted for weed back when they cared about that. And yeah. WWE then gave a policy of, well, if, if you do some, some, you know, uh, rehab stuff, then we'll, we'll cut strikes off. Because yep. they didn't want they didn't want it to be a situation where if he got a third strike they'd have to fire him. Yeah, which like which you know fucking uh uh the dumb of them to like you know be anti weed like that, but also like that that they still explicitly did that to save Orton's ass. That wasn't because they came around on like actually weed is fine actually like no. that's it's still some it's still some they did that if ca- they did that in case he got busted again. Yes, they wouldn't do that with anyone else, but Randy Orton gets the yeah. gets, no. And it's Cena, and then Cena is like, 
Orton, you want this, and he calls him selfish. He's like, you want to go around and tell everyone, hey, look, guys, I'm finally what I'm supposed to be 10 years ago. Years ago. It's weird that he says it like this because Randy Orton is a multi-time world champion just like Cena is, but yeah, Yeah. great story. We're telling a great story here. Yeah, either way, Jesus Christ, Cena, Cena, God, I did it again. Fuck, Cena's spitting on the mic right now. No, uh, every single time I have held either of these championships, my business card read the same. If you want some, come Come get get some. And Cena, he does his point to other people in the crowd moment where he, he says, everyone in this ring respects me. And he talks about how nobody wanted to give a guy like Dolph Ziggler a chance. Oh, and I said, come get some. And then he looked, no. And he said, nobody wanted to give CM Punk a chance when he is on his way out of this company. And I said, bring it on. And then he's like, Daniel Bryan's only legitimate shot at the WWE Championship was against me. And he won. And he won. Ooh. Oh my and god! The yes chance go wild when he brings up once uh, more. Yes, yeah, and oh yeah, Daniel Bryan exists. Ah! Uh, Cena says right then and there, if he wins on Sunday, he promises Daniel Bryan a fair shot at the title. Yeah, and they never paid off, but yeah, John Cena kind of caps off this promo with, "I said last week, I do what I did last week because I didn't want to take you out. I wanted to make a statement that I can be just as ruthless as you, and I want to make one more statement right now." And he offers a handshake to Randy and he goes, this Sunday will be physical and it will be brutal. And I will be at my very best. I just hope you are too, because after this Sunday, the last thing anyone is going to want to deal with is just another Randy Orton excuse. excuse. Holy shit, dude. That was John Cena was so good. That promo was so fucking good. Holy Fuck, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen Cena that good on mic before. That's no, be it is among his promo. best, absolutely. Yeah, that's got to be a top promo for him, easy. Holy fuck, that I feel bad. Speed. I feel bad that it's so overshadowed by this Daniel Bryan stuff. I, but like, that's the thing. He, he like, he was a good sport about like leaning into mm-hmm. it. Like, that's the thing I will, I, I will always give Cena credit for is like, he seems like he's just this genuinely kind of like a nice and unselfish guy that's super into like, so like uplifting everyone around him. So I don't, I don't think it's overshadowed. I think he's, I think he's like playing with it the perfect amount. Like he's like, I know who the boy is. You know, this is this obviously like this match that I'm doing, but like, here's your golden boy. Mm-hmm. Here's some love for him, uh, yeah. and also fuck you, Randy Orton, which is yeah, just a I, string of wonderful points to make. <laughs> yeah, I 100% think that this is the kind of promo that people should talk more about, and mm. I don't think they do because it's promoting a feud nobody cared about in 2013. Yes, and it's in and it's happening instead of a thing people wanted to have happen. Yes, but, but I gotta tell you, last minute legit hype under the radar. John Cena trying his damnedest to make John this work. Cena, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that was that was so good. And Orton looks at Cena, looks down at the hand, goes to shake it, and as they shake hands, and it is fucking... there is a cool visual of them for the, the handshake and the belts raising the, above them. That was the sickest fucking visual, dude. Oh my god. That was so like the hard cam had it all directly centered, and in between two of them, the belts ascend. That I thought the belt ascension shit was gonna be cheesy. Unironically, that fucking ruled. That was so cool. Oh my god. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was awesome. Uh so then 
uh, the belts raise up, and Orton starts attacking Cena. Fuck you. Yeah, cheap shots him, and then what a crazy. They have to be at separate. Oh my god! And the the yeah. most insane so, sequence. So, okay. Yeah, so, happening so we get here. like a security. We get a secu- We get a fucking security uh, 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 brigade spot, except with all former champions, which is insane in its own right. But here's what happens. So, you know, they do exactly what you expect to. It's like the faces kind of go and get Cena to one side. The heels go and get Orton to the other side. Punk kind of tries to wander over to the heel side, which I don't know why, but okay. Uh, he goes to check on Orton. So Orton pushes, uh, Orton likes like, fuck you, pushes Punk out of the way, which pisses Punk off. He goes and attacks Orton. Triple H sees this and comes like and attacks Punk and throws him off. Punk. Uh, and, and then like, then Triple H, fitting for the promo scene and just cut, kind of goes to cover Orton. Um, Punk well, also, goes, well, also yelling at him for making a scene like this. Yeah. Like, he's uh, clearly mad at Orton. Yeah, and but either CM way. Punk, like, and then CM Punk is like, okay. Uh, yeah. Because here's the thing I haven't talked about is that they are setting up CM Punk versus Triple H at WrestleMania. I was We wondering. will never get there because... Oh. CM Punk will walk out of the company. But oh, yeah, 2014. That is that is what they are planning for. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, which is which is which is yeah. It, I was wondering why the hell like Punk was involved here. So so that does that does make mm-hmm. sense. So Punk comes back from behind, attacks Triple H again. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Sees Shawn Michaels. Sim- Shawn Michaels simps for Triple H a second time. Absolutely. He SCMs Punk. Yep. Uh, DB. So so Punk goes down. DB sees this. Comes fucking flying knee at Michaels. Um, and then Orton attacks, uh, attacks Daniel. He Except he tries, him. he tries to go for the RKO. Brian shoves Orton off and Orton crashes into Stephanie. Stephanie. And, and Triple H of course is like my wife and go and like scrambles over Stephanie. Orton's like, oh fuck. Oh geez. Oh, oh fuck. no. I and Triple H's like, oh, you've done it now. And you he hits the pedigree up. on Orton. Pedigree on, on Orton. Uh, and then, uh, and then Cena and Kane. Like, so, okay, so, yeah, so, so Orton's kind of now, he's been pedigreed, he, he's kind of fallen to the corner, and Cena comes over uh, with Kane, and alongside, uh, the two of them alongside Triple H, help get Stephanie back up, and they kind of are more at the center of the ring, and we, holy shit, dude, one last moment of you can't pay for this type of, like, storytelling, um, so it's 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 in the center is Stephanie after you know recovering from mm. Orton hitting her. Orton uh, crawls out, crawls over into the corner, crawls over. Oh, and, and like it's a shot, uh, it's a shot kind of like from the corner. So we see Orton kind of like his back crouched into the corner, you know, further in the back of you know, f- further in kind of like the mid ground is is Cena, Kane, Triple H, and Stephanie standing there, kind of you know, standing protecting Stephanie, and the whole time the crowd is chanting, "Let's go, Brian!" Holy yeah, fucking all this fuck. shit is happening, and it's all still about Daniel. I Brian. can't description can't do it justice. You need to go find this clip because it is insane. Like here we have the standoff for the feud between the two of them and in the background the echoes of the true champion to ascend of uh, to ascend from all of this uh are 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 reverberating against against the walls through this entire arena. Holy fuck. That was so that was such a cool moment to end on. Oh my 
fucking god. I was expecting the slammies to be a bunch of goofy bullshit. And a lot of it was. But the way this ended, what the fucking fuck? Oh my god. Like, (gasps) I enjoy enjoy this episode because I love the goofy bullshit that is the Slammy Awards. Like, it's the kind of thing I wish that WWE still did. And hell... Give it to FAEW do some slammies. I would Let's love to do some shit like that too. That'd be so So fun. I had mostly fun with the episode, but like this ending, phenomenal. Oh my the, God. A phenomenal Ooh. segment for none of the reasons, for mostly not the reasons <laughs> they wanted it to be. I know. The the insane crowd interact, like the crowd going rogue and foreshadowing what was to be one of the greatest success stories in all of wrestling history. Oh my fucking god. There is none. There is none better. This is this is one of the coolest episodes of wrestling I've ever seen simply for that. Simply for like the the archetypal like this is the pre- peak example of the way that wrestling is different from all their storytelling because of the live crowd, because of the live reaction and the influence they can have on the story being told. Oh mm. my lord, dude! Oh yeah. man! Yeah, it's it's one of the like it's tough to necessarily be like show this to like someone who knows nothing about this story beat, of course, because it requires yeah. a little bit of con. But like, if you understand that, like Daniel Bryan is, if you at least know enough to know that, like Daniel Bryan is who the crowd really wants. This mm-hmm. is the kind of clip to show someone to be like, what is so cool about wrestling specifically? Yes, and it is this. It is. The crowd is the it is them telling a story and the crowd deciding that's not gonna work for me, for me brother. brother. You're yeah. telling a different story. <laughs> this time the crowd's doing the politicking, motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, so good. I don't I don't know how the fuck we're gonna top this on this arc. To be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming next. Because holy shit. Mm-hmm. But that is for another time when we come back Mm. to this arc. For next time on this podcast, we are returning to the early 90s. It's time for more Coliseum Home Video. Oh, baby. We got two two more of these to go. (laughs) Shit's about to get vaguely weird. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, that is for next time until then david hit our plugs yes sir dear friends thank you so much for once again joining us for another episode of the noobs and knockouts podcast we are delighted to have you all here returning listeners viewers what have you thank you all so much for being here we super appreciate you once again welcoming us back into your eardrums your eyeballs whatever it is you use to consume our content just thanks as always for being here spending the time with us new viewers listeners whatever hey hi how's it going welcome we here at the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts likes whether you are brand new to the wild wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit either way we hope you feel welcome here we hope everything feels nice and accessible around here uh and we hope you want to keep coming back to us if you're if you'd like to keep coming back to us i can tell you exactly where you can do that first of all you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe 
ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. If, if you would, give us some of that sweet, sweet engagement. Helps us out a lot. Uh, check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to organize on our YouTube all of the arcs that we follow into their own separate playlists. You can follow something all the way down without having to jump around a whole lot. It's phenomenal. And you can see our beautiful, wonderful faces and, and our impression of the Fondango dance. We're Fondango in Muggle. Uh, we're bringing we're bringing it back, buddy. We're gonna make it go viral again. That's right. You heard it here, folks. First, no. Uh, so if you want to add an element, of course, we got us on the YouTube. However, if you are a fan of the audio only experience, we understand completely. You can find us on three of the best places to find your audio podcast, which of course would be Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Come give us a listen there. Uh, download our show if you're so inclined. Uh, you know, maybe give us a nice little five star rating and a review that says these guys are pretty cool. Maybe more people should check them out. I don't know. I'm just saying. Either way, all that engagement, all those metrics helps out this show a lot. Greatly appreciated. Noobs and Knockouts podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, but of course, we exist just beyond this podcasting realm. You can find us on a couple other places on the internet. First and foremost, of course, is our Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Noobs and Knocks Pod. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod on Twitter. Come check us out. Uh, we we do uh, we we post memes. We engage in discourse. We uh, we we uh, post every single time we drop a brand new episode, so you guys always know what the hell's going on. And of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on TBS at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I should clarify. We are watching AEW Dynamite and tweeting all about it. I've been doing that a lot recently. Uh, Austin does a little bit of the, the tweeting when he can. He's been kind of preoccupied recently. Uh, uh, and of course, on top of that, whenever I have the time to, and I'm feeling a little bit spicy, uh, what, uh, the Fridays that I can do it, we are at 10 p.m. Eastern time on TNT watching what else? AEW Rampage. It is the show that y'all been waiting on. It's a good time. Uh, on top of that, we also love to live tweet about the AEW pay-per-views. Austin and I love to kind of share responsibility for that, but he spearheads it. So my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yeah, so I, I will go ahead and hype up WWE and Impact pay-per-views in, yes. in, just in case uh, we work on that too. Uh, so on February 18th uh, is Elimination Chamber. Uh, so far, we only have four matches. I don't know how many more we're going to have because, you know, the Elimination Chamber match is going to take some time. Uh, but we have an Elimination it's gonna die. It's straight up. Yeah. When you die in elimination chamber, you die in real life. This is true. True. Or or you just get pinned in a match in a cage oh, in a big well, old cage I, match. I, I mean, uh, but the the elimination chamber match for the United States Championship: Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Ooh. Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ooh. Ford, as well as an elimination chamber match for a Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 39. Uh, between Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and Carmella. That's, those are going to be great. But we also have for the Uwu Championship, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Uwu. Roman Reigns, Tribal Chief, versus Sami Zayn. It's time, motherfucker. The former honorary Oos. Ooh. And then in a mixed tag match, we will have Edge and Beth Phoenix. Now there is a wrestling power couple versus Ooh. the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Mommy Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds sick. Mm -hmm. Now, for Impact Wrestling, their next pay-per-view is Rebellion. But 
I wanted to kind of like hype up these kind of impact plus exclusive events, you know, that you, you sign up for their streaming service impact plus, or you sign, you like become a member for them on YouTube. You kind of get their beach pay-per-view level shows. Mm. Right. So for, and then on February 24th is no surrender featuring Mickey James, hardcore country versus Masha Slamovich, who is uh, European and hits really hard for the mm. knockouts world title. Josh Alexander versus Rich Swan for the world title. It's a whole big thing is Rich Swan is Josh Alexander's friend, but this is his first world title match uh, since losing the belt to Kenny Omega over two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is a big moment for him. Yeah. A four-way match for the number one contenders it, for the, to be the number one contender for the impact championship match uh, between Brian Myers, uh, who uh, is Matt Cardona's best friend PCO, who is, a zombie man. He is Frankenstein, but a wrestler. Uh, and then two mem- two other mem- men yet to be determined. A six-man tag match between Time Machine, that is the, the Motor City Machine Guns and Kushida, oh. versus Ooh. the Bullet Club, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Kenta. That sounds sick. Deanna Perrazzo, the Virtuosa versus Giselle Shaw in a singles match. And then Speed, uh, here's a match that you, you want to find. Speedball Mike Bailey, quietly one of the best wrestlers on the independent scene right now, taking on Jonathan Gresham one-on-one. Ooh, okay. All right. A lot of hot matches on that show for sure. And then on March 5th is AEW Revolution. Uh, right now, we only got the one match, but what a one match we have so far. It is MJF versus Brian Danielson in a 60-minute hey. Iron Man match for the hey, AEW guy. title. Hey, I feel like we were just talking about that guy. Yeah, if you like if you like Daniel Bryan, you should check out this Brian Danielson guy. Very different, of course, but you know, I, think, I think you would understand the appeal. <laughs> they have a lot in common you know yeah yep. uh so we that that's that's what we're doing over on the twitter be sure to give us a follow follow along with us we just love we just love interacting with people and memeing it up when it comes time for wrestling night whenever that night may be uh so yeah come follow us noobs and at knox pod but of course if you want to get in super direct contact with us you have that option as well you can email us at noobs and knocks or noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com that's noobs the word and knockouts pod at gmail com come say hi to us there tell us what you think about the show request things you want to see us cover on the show uh tell us that our hot takes are super based and red pilled or that you think they're fucking stupid either way start discourse with us say hi we love people saying hi we would love to say hi back noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com and of course finally is our patreon we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon one dollar a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Shout out to uh, the sugar daddy, Kyle Smith, for his contribution. We appreciate you so much, buddy. Enjoy your perks. If you want to enjoy your perks along with our boy Kyle, you can at Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. The link for that, by the way, is in our Twitter. See y'all next time. Hasta luego. <laughs>